Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What's good, Internet? It is Friday, July 26th, 2019, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 251. I cannot believe I missed episode 250. (laughs) I cannot believe it. I have to just take some solace in the fact that I know it wasn't the real episode 250. And we've probably done closer to 300 episodes at this point. Oh, we're like at 350 at this point. Probably. There's so much extra in the feed. There's so much extra in the feed. (laughs) That's our promise here. That's our tagline. So much extra in the feed. Cut off the extra ones. Throw them away. You don't need them. But those are bonuses for you. Joining me today, Kato and Patrick here with me. On this Friday, it's fr- it's Friday when you hear it. Right, it's Thursday if morning. If we record a podcast to be released on Friday, but record it on a Thursday, what day can't is we it? We just treat that as a Friday. I, today feels <laughs> like Friday so much to me that I might if spend we just a day went, off. We just went into our Slack channel and just were like, "Cool, everyone, enjoy your weekend. Have a good and weekend. Just like, yeah, just like that. Yeah, yep." Yeah. What would happen? What would ha- what would happen if right now I went into? They would just be confused, like, oh, I guess the waypoint people are just like taking a long taking weekend. A they long got those weekend. summer Fridays to use. Yeah, maybe maybe they're spending the summer, the summer Friday. Friday. Maybe I am. You tell me. Uh, part of that for me is I did the classic game reviewer thing of being up very late working on a review, but I actually <laughs> did like the inverse, which is you've been here before, Patrick. Of like, all right, mm-hmm. you have a morning deadline and you just jam through the game all day and you end up you end up being up way too late working on the review itself. Uh last yesterday when I was like I did the responsible thing, which is around like 2 p.m. I was like, I have to uh, like 3 p.m. I have to get this fire emblem review done by end of day. I cannot just keep playing the game. I have to admit that I probably won't finish it in time for embargo. I'm 65 hours in. <laughs> I still have some missions left. What the fuck? Uh, let me just write it. So I wrote it and I sent it to you for edits. And then what I should have done is go to bed. And instead, what I did was have this nagging feeling in the back of my mind that was like, but what if it gets really bad? Because it's, it's what I will fire him three houses out today. (laughs) Uh, and let me set it up a little bit and then get to why I thought like, oh, what if they fuck it up? Uh So kind of two things, but fire him three houses. We talked about on the podcast before. Latest Fire Emblem game, you know, first console Fire Emblem game since uh, Radiant Dawn on the Wii. Uh, on the Wii, yeah. Which I like wow. a lot. And the console ones, traditionally, people have not been super 
people high on. Well, I, right? I think it's complicated when you say people. Do you mean Fire Emblem? Do you mean people who've loved the Fire Emblem games, or do you mean a mass I, audience? Here was what I will say. I will contextualize yeah. it in this way: is that from like a as someone that has covered Fire Emblem like games like and has played them since Awakening, just in a general sense, when I've read up on the series mm-hmm. and just like put my finger, just I just I just touch it. I'm not going too yeah, deep. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going into the You're layers like, hey, of the fandom. Yeah, generally. The GameCube we once are not necessarily like in, in the rankings. I'm sure the people just like every series, there are people who say, "Well, actually, like so because I, of X, Y, and Z." Right, right, right. I think I think that weirdly, at least the GameCube one, Path of Radiance, has gained a lot of fans like retroactively. The, you know, people speak fondly of it at this point because the only people who are speaking about it at all are the people like me who played it and liked it back then and still <laughs> were fond of it. Like, no one played those fucking games, which is why that series almost got no. canceled before Awakening brought in all these new fans. So, Awakening brings on all, all these new fans, both it and fate. You're welcome. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, are all about uh, shipping. They're all about you know characters. Oh yeah, uh, you know me. You know, you know me. Loves to ship. Classic characters. shipper. Um, it, and it also introduced people to tactical RPGs, maybe that they hadn't played since Final Fantasy Tactics, or you know, hot on the heels of XCOM's uh, uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown. Like there was a moment in the early 2010s where it was like, oh shit, right. I like tactics games. There's a lot of people said that. And, or people <laughs> yeah. were like, I never played a game like this before. This is really cool. I yeah. love the kind of chess-like, you know, chess with stats uh, uh, stuff that's going on here. Neat. Um, stat, stat. Mm. No, it doesn't work. It. Um, uh, when you, when they, when they announced Three Houses, they started saying stuff that was like, wait a second, they're going in a different direction than Fates and Awakening, which to me ended up being, feeling like a good thing uh, uh, because I realized while playing this game how much I was ready for this formula to be shaken up. So uh, in Fire Three Houses, you end up picking one of three houses, uh, kind of three classes, three Harry Potter style, you know, uh, (laughs) schoolhouses inside of a military academy that is in the largest church in this fantasy world. Um, or it's like in the the headquarters. It's It's like what if the Vatican also had a military academy is basically it. Uh, Give it time. Yeah, I, they might. They must. They do. They certainly have police forces. Yeah, and they've historically certainly had <laughs> yeah. military captains. <laughs> um, so uh, along the way, you you know, fantasy mystery shit happens. What's up with the gods? What is there a history <laughs> that we know right? Uh, is there, is there is, are you talking about reality or are you exactly. talking about Fire uh, Hey, isn't it weird? Where are my the, dragons at? Totally. <laughs> what's up with the like the schisms in the church? Why is there a Western church and an Eastern church? Huh. Um, what's up with the what? You know, what is the history of the three kind of largest uh, nations that make up this continent, uh, and how do they interact, and what were the secret betrayals, and blah 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 blah. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Nations? Yeah, there's three nations inside of. Are those? Im- implied to be lined up with the houses or is yeah, that yeah, yeah. like explicit? Yeah, super okay, explicit. Okay, okay. Super like from the original pitch. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, like so I was playing as Golden Deer and they're kind of, they're tied to the Lester Alliance okay. which is like a, a is like an alliance of nobles um but who all have like it's like a council basically. It's huh. the closest thing in this world huh. to to breaking away from monarchy. Sure. There's also a kingdom and an empire. The empire is ruled by an emperor. The kingdom is ruled by a king, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and each one, each one of those, the kingdom is like the northern kingdom, which is Dimitri, the blue whatevers. <laughs> I didn't fuck around with them very much at all. Yeah. I mean, this is part of what I'm going to get to in a second, which right. is like 
because so you pick one of these houses and you go down their storyline, right? And those stories diverge both in minor ways in the first act, but then in the second act, after a big time jump, they diverge in huge ways. Like you end up doing completely different things than what the people who join the Black Eagles end up doing. The blue, what are they fucking called? The blue barracudas. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's – I don't think it's Blue Barracudas. I think that's Legends of the Hidden yeah, Temple. no. Uh, three Houses, Blue Lions, the Blue Lions. So like I barely dealt with the Blue Lions at all in my game. Like they do show back up. They I did interact with them in the second half still. Okay. But in comparison to like the focal points of my storyline, the Golden mm-hmm. Deer storyline, like they just – easy to slip my mind. And so after – late yesterday, like while I'm finished my review, part of me is like, but wait, I still have questions about the blue lines. I still have questions about this thing and that thing. Does this story wrap up neatly? Like, mm-hmm. does it answer my questions about key characters who are still mysterious, about some of the lore stuff? Or does it expect me to go back through and play the game again for another 60 hours to get And let's and let's yeah. I would say let's be clear. Yeah. When Austin sent his review to me, yeah. the uh-huh. first edit I made was the the first line? I, I don't know what you've changed since then. I haven't seen. No, it, I think it's the same. In, in the rough, same was was essentially like around forty hours into this game, halfway through the story. At which point, I just highlighted <laughs> it in Google Docs, comment, and just slammed <laughs> on my keyboard a bunch of times. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Was just like, are you? Okay, um, and then at several, and I remember at a different point being, being like, just as an aside, put like, and you know, because I've put five dozen hours into this game, it was like at least capitalize or italicize that dozen because that number is it's a, a lot. lot. It's a Be- lot because it, and even specifically in the context of Fire Emblem, yes. is a lot. This yes. is a series that has become. Uh, arguably, one could be arguably bloated, and could argue, yep. or at the very least, and the most charitably, has massively expanded in scope and length relative to the the length of the best. Which, uh, my understanding of previous games, you know, I've only I've only screwed around with two of them. Like Awakening took me like probably thirty to forty hours. Yep. Like it was in that That's like kind of right. standard JRPG range, um, give or take, depending on on the series. But mm-hmm. starting with Fates, in which they basically made three games, you know, maybe two and a half games, um, and something similar here in which there's a lot, there's crossover, but even just one story is like two games put together in one. Like the scope of these games is just so much longer and lengthier than what they've done in the past. Totally. And so that was kind of part of my, my feeling yesterday was like, am I going to lose steam? Like I, couldn't tell at that point for sure. I, I ended up, I ended up uh, DMing Gita, who happened to pick the same house that I did, to be like, how how many chapters do I have left? Like, I, I do my best not to talk to other reviewers uh, around games I'm reviewing, so I can kind of just, like, write my take. But in this case, I was like, is it feasible for me to get through this game tonight? Because... You, you wanted, you needed a game reviewer how long to beat.com. A hundred percent. Seriously. Absolutely did. A website I use all the time. I'm on it literally, Patrick. It's right here in front of me because I was curious how long those past oh, games were. Oh, the other Fire Emblems? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's between was 20... I, was that right? Basically 40 to 50 hours? I mean, most of them are less than that. Most of them for main story is like 20 to 30. And then, yes. I was going to say, like, I feel like I did Awakening in like 25, 30, where it was like... A, a nice you, investment, but yeah. not one that like it, overtook my life, it, it or, turns, where, or like whereas I fear. Oh, go ahead. Uh, it it turns to forty when uh, you're playing on 
classic, but don't want anyone to die. Yes. <laughs> right. That is where a lot sure, of the length sure. comes from. But that's optional, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that is that is a huge part of where length comes from in those games for me in the past is fucking up. Yeah. 90% through a mission uh-huh. losing someone and being well fuck I guess I guess I gotta replay this fucking mission again yep. which you don't have to do in this game for yeah. reasons I get into in the review which we've talked about on this podcast before around having a thing called the divine pulse which lets you like rewind time uh, like into the breach mm-hmm. um, actually it's way more powerful than into the breach because you can choose exactly right, how far like back you want to go it's move by move yeah, yeah which is great <laughs> um, I, I like how their response was like look alright so we're gonna split the difference between classic and casual so the classic fans who want to do permanent death don't have to restart a mission yeah but in response to that we're just going to tack on 40 more hours because they're saving time <laughs> they're saving by time. not replaying missions so so we got to make sure that they get that capital c content somewhere somewhere else, else somewhere else <laughs> um there's a lot of that is side missions right or side content right it's a lot of it was a lot of me doing fetch quests around the campus it was a lot of me fishing and doing and gardening. Just, is that just bulking stats or is that is that character work some of it's character work. I, I would say a lot of it is me like wanting to do the character work. Uh, there is mm-hmm. it bulks your support stats with people when you like. So like one thing is that every time in the first half of the game you go around the monastery, you'll find like lost items to return to people, and it's like a guessing. It's like a guessing game or a mystery game where you're like. Uh, oh, you found a paintbrush. Who's who who has this paintbrush? And it says, like, oh, this probably belongs to someone who wants to paint. It's like, oh, right, Ignitz has this thing where he paints. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I'll run this back to him. A lot of times what I do is I would go through, pick all that stuff up on one run, and then as I go through the campus every every new chapter and just to, like, see everybody, I'm like, yo, is this yours? So you just, <laughs> there are lots of moments of just someone be like, no, that's not, no, that's not mine. 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 his bag. Time to look in there. But, you know, at the end of the day. Austin's lost and found. Totally. But that was only because I wanted to see what all that stuff was and where it connected to. Not, you don't have to do that. Like, that is a thing you can completely Well, so that's not a heavy lift, right? Like, those are. They add up. That's like just. But yes. Right. It's not, it's not. There's other stuff that takes longer, which is like side missions. If you want to go do side missions and grind, Mm. you can do that a number of times per month, basically. Right. Um, And and that stuff takes a little longer. And I do think that some of that stuff can get repetitive. But again, by the end, it was like, I, I don't need to be doing it. Or I actually ended up having a really good time with that stuff because it let me be in podcast mode where I could be playing bullshit side. So there's multiple types of side missions. There's quests, which are like handcrafted things, Mm. uh, but don't have like big story. That's like, oh no, the bandits have taken over the camp, whatever. There's paralogs, which have handcrafted. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll explain in a second. Take over quests. Uh, You know, it it says, but there's there's character moments in that. No, those don't really have character moments. Oh, at all. Paralogs have character moments. Yeah. Okay. And those are things like, Hey, what is the secret of the weird crest I have on my body? What? Why do I have this thing? Right. There's an opening cutscene, a closing cutscene, and like a cool reward for each of those. Nice. And then there are like just a set of battles you can go do any weekend. This right. is like weekend, just like going to the paintball course. Just like <laughs> I'm gonna go fight some shit today, yeah. I guess. Um, and that stuff doesn't have any story. I don't think it's like it's. It might be handcrafted, but they're pulling from a pool that repeats a lot of the same areas. It repeats mm-hmm. a lot, and so you can totally dump dozens of hours into the game just doing that stuff if that's what you want to do. Right. Um, and I like doing that. The leveling and shit. If you want to like, grind, you can grind. Yeah, like you yeah. really can grind if that's a thing you want to do. So, I at this point had put 60, 65 hours in at the time I wrote the review. And I was like, all right, I still have, let's say, five big questions. Four of them are things I'm not going to talk about because they're spoilers. <laughs> One of them is how is this game going to handle queer content? 
Mm-hmm. Um, before the game had come out, one of the leaks had hit was that you could so. In Fire Emblems, uh, there's this, this thing called su- the support system where by – in past games, by keeping characters together and near each other on the battlefield, they would slowly grow closer together. They're kind of like, oh, wow, we're, we're comrades. We fight together. And you know, if you heal each other or if you, you know, give each other items or if you pull somebody out of danger or whatever, that support stat goes up. Um, in Fates and in Awakening, that went up to S for a lot of different characters mm-hmm. in between each, different characters. So, like, there would be, you know, you would have, you know, <coughs> Krom or whatever, and Krom could get an S rank with basically any woman in the game from the first half of that game because that game was all about having kids yeah. and feeding your kids to the war machine, I guess. I, very <laughs> complicated messaging around that but like that was what you did is you shipped those characters they had kids the kids showed up fully grown for plot reasons i won't get into time (laughs) magic i don't fuck i i truly barely remember yeah it was seven years ago um and uh yeah seven 2012 um and you and so that was a huge part was that was that shipping stuff here you only you can get an S rank. I believe other characters do pair off in like an epilogue, huh. uh, but you don't see where how they're going to pair off. There's no S. They're not S ranking. Uh, they mm. are they are getting relation. They are getting friendships. Their relationships with other characters do increase via support stats, but they only go up to A. But you can't like guarantee it. Where it's like I'm going to ship these right. characters by right. pairing them. They get the rank. Boom. Boom. Like. In the past, you could unlock the S tier rank, and then you would like choose which one mm. they get. You'd be like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm gonna put Krom with another character from that game. The only one that comes to mind is Donald, and you could not ship Krom and Donald. No. Cromwell uh, is their ship. That's name. inappropriate. Yeah. It would be inappropriate. Um what, You need well, some serious time magic to make you that. You just work. need some time magic. Well, it depends how how old is Donald? Is Donald not secretly Let's Austin. Sully. We don't need it's to. We don't like need it. to solve this mystery. All right. Don't, we can, Krom, we can don't, leave this one in my <laughs> head canon. In my my AU, Donald becomes an adult and then falls in love with Crom. Right. That's what happens. Sure. It's gotcha. years later. Um. It's safe. Uh. The. But yes. So that was what you did. Crom. Uh. You. You'd be like, oh, I want to S rank Crom with this Pegasus Knight. Um, and, and then you chose that here. happened with me. Yeah, of course. It's, I think everybody did right? that. Right? Like, like, it yeah. feels like that's what they were kind of pushing yeah, for. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, sum, sum, sumere? Sumer, sum, Sumia? Sumi? I don't remember. Anyway, you chose it. Whereas here, there's an epilogue where that happens. But for your character, for Byleth, who is the name of the, of the main character, you get to choose who you pair off with, with certain restrictions. Uh, those restrictions tend to be not too much gay stuff, though. That's kind of what their restrictions are. Uh, there are a total in the game of five women that a woman, a Byleth, can pair off with at the end game. And there are three men with S ranks, but only one of them reportedly is a romantic S rank. Uh, that is Lindhart, the character Lindhart. There are two others who are like friends of your dad <laughs> who. You enter mm. into like platonic. I, I my understanding is those are platonic relationships mm-hmm. that are like lifelong platonic. There's a ring involved still, but they do. They're like they uh, go out of their way. And the word love. And the word love. Uh, this is per whose review still, was this? Pl- there can be platonic of love. Course. I'm not trying to argue totally. that you can't like. But like there is a. So for me, it was like, well, can I get to the end? So I, I had one of those primed. I had uh-huh. uh, Alois, who is who is this like. 
you know, jolly knight guy who mm. trained with your dad years ago. It's like, okay, well, is this, how is that going to pay off? Because at the time, no one had reported, like, no actual reporting had happened. It was just leaks. And it's like, well, was that stuff accurate or not? Right. There's an S rank here. So, like, I hope I can get there. I hope I can see that stuff. Um, and I didn't. Instead, I played until 5 a.m. I still have two missions left. <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, instead of having five, un, uh, five questions, uh, I probably still have three. Uh, three or two or three to, to, to unravel in the ne next couple of missions. But what I will say is one of them is a completely new mystery. There is a fucking rad end game weird moment that we're going to talk about in the future okay. at some point. And I say we, I don't mean just us in this call. Sure. I mean, games are going to like, whoa, okay. I like huh. put down my controller and screamed at my TV <laughs> at a certain point. Um, it's very, we'll have to do a spoiler cast. We, we are gonna have. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see who gets through this game. It's so fucking long. Yeah. yeah well, it's, hold on. Do you want to do that? Uh, can you send a calendar invite for a year from now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll, uh, gotcha. Yeah. I'll yeah, yeah, be go, I'll happy to right revisit that. That's yep. yeah. We'll we'll have a reunion <laughs> five years from now. Like, I need some time like magic in, in order to yeah, <laughs> absolutely sixty hours into this game. <laughs> what I do want to talk about is is like to go back to this question of queerness in the game and like how much that bugged me or or the way it's handled. What actually bugged me more was parts of the ways that, the, especially in the first half of the game, there's just this like real dense sense of heteronormativity. The relationship stuff doesn't bug me that much because it's not a focus of the game. It's just like not what I'm doing. Whereas in Awakening and Fates, my it's brain- It's social, but it's not it's necessarily social, romance but it's is being- Totally. And like I'm still invested in the social stuff. I'm really invested sure. in the supports. Right. I hit a support it's last a, it's night. It's a different type of social structure yes. as opposed to like explicitly romantic and like a key mechanical component is like the structure of those romances and how you play that out on the back. I used to have charts. I had charts for Awakening about who I wanted to ship with who <laughs> and what the kids were going to end up oh being. And I totally- like it was a key part of for me playing that game was that um, but seeing all those uh -huh. interactions I, I will say last night like there was a really cool moment with uh, a couple of characters in their in their top tier their A plus rank or whatever um, that like made me cry that was just like really well it was fun it was well written it was like this great closure for these two characters that was not romantic in nature but was still really powerful and good mm -hmm. um, it's like that stuff is still there but the stuff that actually bugged me so because that stuff is in the background because all of the shipping stuff is in the background, right. I wasn't bothered as much by the lack of of queer options for me playing as a man. I did want to try to date the other guy that you could actually date in this game, uh -huh. but I didn't manage to recruit him to my house in time before shit popped off. <laughs> in the second Damn. half of the game, like the classic, classic. I didn't make my move quick enough. Not casual, <laughs> classic. Yeah, yeah, no. If it had been casual, I think we would have hooked up. <laughs> but it was classic. <laughs> Traditional, you know, um, couldn't couldn't keep it casual. Uh, so, um, but the, what what instead? So because that stuff is in the background, it just didn't. It wasn't on the front of my mind in the same way. Sure. I wasn't frustrated constantly by it. I wasn't like, wow, this this character, these two characters actually have really good rapport. They actually have a lot of chemistry. Why can't I ship these two characters? That just doesn't ha happen to much because it's just not happening. Whereas what did bug me throughout the first half of the game or was like a recurring feeling was like, wow, this world is just like so heteronormative. There's mm -hmm. a lot of like, they say that when a man and a woman make a promise on this one night in this one building, that promise will come true. And a lot of character stories are about 
are about the process of pairing off mm. a, a, in, in relation or in marriages for political reasons. There's like a, a couple of characters, a couple of dudes who like their characteristic is wants to date woman. <laughs> like that is for the first half of the game what a couple of characters, including one in my team, his whole thing was just like shooting his shot again and again in annoying ways to the degree that and to, to the game's credit your character's interaction with him your character's whole support thing is to be like yo back off <laughs> chill. these women are saying to back off you need to chill yeah and him eventually being like I'm okay <laughs> if you say so professor um and uh, like that his arc is about like trying be, becoming a, not a shitty person right um and so, like, that stuff actually bugged me a little bit more because it wasn't imagining – it was imagining a world. Even though there were, like, five queer characters in this game total or four or whatever, uh-huh. it didn't ever account for them in the world or the lore or, like, yeah, maybe you can marry one of them at, at the end of the game. But you wouldn't imagine – but queer people don't exist in this world. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. Everything. There's, there's no, none of this, shock, none no, of this me, shocks me. No, me either. Like, not mean, at like, all. But of the things yeah. that we're going to talk about, that to me, sure. that, the the kind of like enforced heteronormativity of this world and the, and, and the, folk, the fact that it is, it is a focal point of all these scenes at the beginning of the game right. it was the thing that came to mind more than the support stuff, which I get why there's frustration. I also think there should be more queer, op, queer male options, especially for the, because there's only the one. There yeah. are characters in this game who clearly have chemistry with each other, <laughs> including with the main character. Like, Claude should be dateable. He's like... <laughs> Looked out to me and was like, you're more than a friend to me now, Teach. You're, which also, to teach, be clear, wait, wait, he says wait. Teach a lot. Mm. It's been, listen. Power dynamics. Hold on. I, so, there's another. Time magic can't another, solve that. Another important note. Another important note. No one flirted oh, yeah, with okay. me. Caveat before, number five. Caveat number five. No one flirted with me until after the five-year time jump, at which point they're like peers. Oh, okay. to, they're All like right. peers yeah. more than they are students. Gotcha. Sure. They, I was actually super worried about this as yeah, someone yeah, who like, yeah. as someone who like once got into a shouting match with another teacher's assistant over this shit. Like, that is the for real thing that gets under my skin is people who abuse the the power dynamic of being a teacher and end up either dating students or sexualizing students. That shit happens from like a lot of shitty professors and TAs and grad students. Like I know too many dudes who have gone on to date like their students. Yeah. And it is, and actually not just dudes. I know some women who also do it. And I think that it's like a severe, not only do I think it's like a severe um, uh, uh, betrayal of like the responsibility of being a teacher. It's also just like, it's bad. It's, it's not, it's like not appealing to me in any way. (laughs) Um, And so going into the game, I was like, I really hope that it doesn't, have like teen girls flirting with me. Right. Uh, and thankfully I didn't hit any of that on my playthrough uh, until you become, until the time jump happens mm-hmm. and they go from being 18 years old to being 23 years old. And it's like, all right, cool. Like you're a young, you're both young adults. There's like some leeway there that I'm more comfortable with. There's a five year gap. There wasn't a constant relationship with them where you're like, there's, it didn't feel like grooming, which was like a big worry for me. Right. Um, but also I only saw what I saw, right? Like that is the other <laughs> half of a game this big is there are 16 character routes I didn't see basically at all. Mm. Um, and so it's like, is there someone else in there where like, Wait, just even within the one house? No, no, no. Between the, like, the three houses. There's like eight yeah, yeah. characters per house basically. Right, right. 
Um, and so it's like, I didn't see, you know, I saw like a couple of supports from those other houses because you can build support with those other house characters. Okay. Um, but you can't, you don't recruit them unless you meet certain like stat goals. Someone will be like, yeah, I'd love to join your house, but like you suck with swords. <laughs> and so if you were good enough with swords and magic or whatever, yeah. they'll join you. You okay. know, that's the sort of stuff it is. Um, so yeah. I mean, so, generally it sounds like it's in, in, in a game that doesn't put this stuff necessarily forward. It feels like tradition of Nintendo in which they drag their feet, they check some boxes yep. because they're as conservative as they come in in every degree, you know, uh, you know, in the way they handle online communities in Mario Maker, it's the way they handle the skin color of characters in Animal Crossing. Like, it's like they get there, but only after a bunch of complaining, and then it really just feels like perfunctory checkbox stuff in which, as you said, it doesn't, it doesn't imagine a world in which these 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 people are people. It's more just like, right, yeah. Someone in a meeting was like, all right, just put in some put in gay, some characters, gay characters, I guess. Please. Like, just they just, we'll get the Let essays them. the people write from like fifteen to five, and it's like that'll seem like an improvement. Yeah, I, I, it's it's frustrating, and I wish they did better by it. Um, and I, I, I want like I think one of the things that that called into focus for me was that when I say I want queerness in games, I don't want. It's not just I want to be able to date queer characters. It's I want there to be room made in the world and the lore and like the kind of broader picture for there to just be queerness in the background, for it to just be part of life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for the idea and, and – or for it to be a focal point that it's not. And I think the game gets close to that because of how it wants to focus on – because the way in which heteronormativity has turned some of these people into fucking assholes. <laughs> um, but, and, and they want you to think that they're assholes because they're womanizing or because – they're objectifying women, but like, or, or because they, they want you to feel like, oh, actually this is a person. It definitely does like the finger wagging thing of like, this woman is only here to try to find a husband, mm. but really deep down, she's super talented and she needs to find her own way. And like, and I'm so blah, blah. curious. So I'm sure someone will do this eventually is to like, where, how, like where the localization informs yes. stuff like, like this given uh, like my understandings of, you know, like how things were tweaked, like specifically in a game like Awakening in which people had like shitty people had like problems with like ways they tried to like address characters and make give them like meaningful arcs and yep. like interesting, you know, bits. Um, you know, I'm not trying to s suddenly suggest that like, oh, the Japanese version of this game is like fucking horrible yeah. and like that, you know, like and that they fixed it all or at least tried to address, I should say address it all or or in localization, but that has historically yeah, been no. something that Nintendo does address in localization. And so I am sort of curious on some level, like for someone to go in and read that Japanese text and just see how it's represented. Because like I, I say that because um, to a certain level, like even if localization tries to address it, they are limited in so many ways by the structure that is put in place by the original scenario writers, right. script writers. They right? can't like you introduce can it up, a you can new move support. Things around. They right. can't be and like, so, oh, we're going to add this. If you're talking about like where where is the line moving and shifting, like it it starts with like where does the Japanese text begin, mm -hmm. and like because what did they prioritize? Because even though they can they can change those things up to some measure, right? Like they they are stuck behind certain like literal structures of how these games are made. So I'm super curious to see someone look at that when mm -hmm. this game launches just just to get a, a broader sense of like where is nintendo at yeah you know like you know how how are they addressing that um how much you know influence is like like i have to imagine mo the reason some of this stuff exists at all is because of like 
Western influence on like the franchise and sort of, you know, the, the way it is talked about um, by like these specific communities and, and making it like a really high, uh, you know, something they'd like to see in the series. Right. So anyway, I I'm, mean, I'm just, you know, the, the it, it makes it makes me curious. Fates Fates was really bad at this. There were a couple yeah. of gay romance options. And one of them had like I I'm gonna get some of these details wrong because it's been a few years and I've not gone back and and fully reversed myself. Um, but like there was a gay conversion uh, potion in one was one support uh, right. that, that that then got fit, that did right. get addressed by localization. Um, and then the the yes. other the other uh, queer romances. Also had like I a sense of yeah, oh dog. God. It was bad, <laughs> and in fact, like the whole her whole arc was that she doesn't like men; <sighs> she likes women. And then, like the final right. step on it was, well, here is a potion that will make you feel right. for for men or for me what you feel when you look at a, a cute girl. Um, and they changed that, I believe, in the English localization. Yes, but like there is a there is a uh, a history here. Yeah. Um, and I think right. I think part of the history that part of the reason that people are, are sort of frustrated by it is like when I think back to like Fire Emblem, Path of Radiance, and Radiant Dawn. Uh, I don't want to say that Ike and Soren is canon, but like the Ike Soren relationship <laughs> is. Very powerful. Yeah, there is like there have been moments where, like, at the very least, the the degree of homoeroticism or, or homosociality is so heightened. Like, it pays attention. It has in the past paid attention to relationships between same gendered people. Yeah, that has a certain romantic flair to it, where like that reading is right on the surface. Um, we're right just or is on, a just is under the surface. Or is it? Um, is that like fa- is it fan reading? I will or say like, the Ike, th- like, Ike Soren stuff is like so. I mean, I guess I, what I what I wonder is like as the as the series has gone on, especially post Awakening, yes. in which um, you know, like we talk about it as like pre horny, post horny, and like that's just like that's like a re- reductive way to talk about totally. the way that it treats characters. Um, but that is is there uh, in the past if the series allowed for broader interpretations because in terms of what the series was prioritizing in terms of what it wanted to do with characterization it allowed for readings in a way that when the series moved up characters uh uh uh, socialization uh uh romance as like higher in what it was in the value system of what the game thought was important, it then wrote more specifically towards it and then that then got more specific in terms of what it considers to be romance. That's exactly right. And like relationships between uh men and women, men and men, women and women, and everything in between. Um that by giving a specific reading, you start blocking out fan readings that can fill in gaps that the scenario writers, the script writers never in, maybe fully intended, but is allowed by the scope the broader scope of of the characters. That is exactly right. So, like, the thing that I'm thinking about with Radiant Dawn, Path of Radiance, is the main character has no romantic interests. There is no, there is no one, man or woman, that you can pair him off with at the end of the game where you get the A-plus rank, and it's like, oh, well, then they got married. Mm-hmm. That existed for other characters in that game. Instead, what he has is and the final secret ending for him, the A-rank ending for him is with Soren, who is this, like, mage who is his partner and tactician from the very beginning of the first game in that series who've been, like, inseparable their whole lives. And the two of them, like, ride off into the sunset together <laughs> and have, like, such a, a, a 
Ike does not show affection for like anyone in that game except for Soren. And so like, yes, you could read it as a platonic friend, like a very deep platonic friendship. I don't want to close that off. I don't think that like intense relationships have to be sexual or romantic relationships. Yeah. I, I have very close, very important relationships in my life with people who I am not dating and I'm not sleeping with. And I don't want to close that off as like a thing. But if, you know, in 2007 or whatever, 2008, when I was watching Path of Radiance and then watching Radiant Dawn, I guess maybe a couple of years after that, um, or when I was playing it, and I, I was one of those games we played and handed off with, with friends. Uh-huh. Seeing Soren and, and Ike ride off into the sunset together was like, they got married. That is <laughs> because in this game <laughs> yeah. where there is not shipping in that traditional sense, right. that is right. as close right. to coded for that as the game could get, especially because it was the sequel uh, to a game where fans were shipping those characters together. Do you know what I mean? Right. Okay. It did feel like <laughs> sure. the writers were like, "Oh yeah, let's give them a little, let's give them a little, a little juice. Like here, here you go. Here's a little reward for you. You got through these games. You got that A rank. Let <laughs> let the two heroes ride off in the fucking sunset together." And so yeah, I think you're totally right. I think because it's gotten more explicit about relationships, it's actually wound up kind of walking backwards, you know, or or or, or changing what counts uh, or what comes to mind for the, right. this is a pairing. Because um, they're saying this is what we mean as opposed to yes, just totally, something totally, broader. And that's on them. They have a responsibility to, to yeah. like do yeah. that right at that point. Um, I will say like we've spoken now for 45 minutes or whatever, 40 minutes about the stuff that like was bubbling in my brain in the middle of the night last night, the stuff that I was focused on then. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think people should go read the review because I really like this game despite these issues with it. Right. Um, I think the characters are fantastic. Uh, I think it's a very it's a character first game. Uh, Andrew Vestal asked me on Twitter today um, whether or not uh, someone who likes who who liked Fire Emblem for its stories but not for its shipping should play this game. And what I told him was like, listen, you're gonna need to have a fondness for very broad anime tinged characterization, broadly painted. Mm-hmm. Anime tinged characterization. These are big, bold characters. There's a guy named Raphael who I love, who in the whole first half of the fucking game, he's like too musculature to fit a shirt. Like his <laughs> buttons are just popping off all the time, basically. And he loves to eat meat. And he has a whole support thing uh-huh. with like a little, with one of the other characters is like this little girl where he's trying to like teach her how to yell and scream to sound stronger because she sees him do that and is impressed. <laughs> and she's like, so they have like a yelling contest. Like he's just a big, o- lovable oaf. And if you can't find room in your heart for that right. because it's too cartoonish for you, you're just like not going to like the game. Yeah. The game plays in that space. It is often caricature as much as characterization in a way that is appealing to me because of the media that I like and the media that I that I can like slot this into. Right. Uh, it is not War and Peace. I also have, you know, space in my heart for War and Peace, <laughs> uh, but it is not trying to be that. And in fact, I, and I, I say that more seriously because like, is this a big fantasy epic? Is this a war story? Sort of. And I think that it does some stuff that's really cool and really, and I talk about this in the review, um, around th- that that very few other games have done for me where when it is time to come to blows, the fact that you end up fighting against people you once knew is like wild. Like, oh yeah, you you were in my class that time. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we were in a fishing contest together once. Oof. And now you like came across, you came over the crest of the hill with another general. Like, yeah. holy shit, how'd you end up over there? What happened there? Um, and that stuff is really, is really, really cool. Uh, but it's not a war story. It's not a big fantasy epic. It's, it's a mystery. It's a mythological mystery. It's a, it's a character. It's a game primarily about its characters. It's a game primarily about 
the histories of its characters, the hangups of its characters. It's a it's a coming of age game. It's a game in which mm. you play as the as the person guiding a bunch of young people into adulthood. You're helping them deal with their trauma. You're helping them deal with their hangups, um, with the things that they're concerned with, with trying to figure out how to become better adults um, as they struggle in a world that is like going into chaos. Um, and so like that is the focal point, which isn't to say there aren't politics like. This or like big, big ideas. This is a game that's about like a bunch of people who have different ideas about what the world should be. Like there, there's a there are characters who talk about whether or not there should be borders, right? <laughs> there, should, there are characters who talk about globalism. Um, they don't use the word globalism, but they are talking about right, globalism. Right. Uh, there are characters who are who who debate whether or not the or who have like you know heretical ideas about the whether or not you know uh, the, the teachings of the church are misleading people to mm. keep them to keep them down. There are people who think that you know you need a strong moral backbone to keep people from doing things out of ignorance. Like there's a lot of stuff happening that is in that. It's that it's po- interesting that like we space. get we get understandably caught up in the conservative and like often confused nature of like all the, the a lot of the romance and yeah. uh social stuff in the game but all but as you're pointing out there at the same time it's not as though the game isn't full of like really interesting borderline radical ideas about like the shape of the world and people's role in it yeah. it just it's just Talk. understandably especially as this the series has put social stuff higher up that people end up responding to that and not necessarily responding as much to the yeah. stuff that you There's a character named Cyril who's like a little boy from this place called Almira or Almira. They say it differently throughout, so like mm, get your get your voice acting direction right. Uh Almira is like the the world to the east, or like the land to the east, where people have darker complexions. They're often taught they're often called savages by the people of mm. Fodland. Yeah. And he is like a war orphan who wound up in the care of the Lady Pope. Uh, who is a main character in this game? Lady Pope. Uh, lady Pope. Um, uh, one day we'll have a Lady Pope in our world. More, more <laughs> women popes. Uh, um, uh, and the sequel to HBO's The Young Pope. Yeah, yeah the Lady, lady Pope. Lady Pope. Uh, my favorite, my favorite little Wayne song, Lady Pope. Um, <laughs> the God. The <laughs> sorry, I'm not hearing anyway. Uh, he is from Elmira. He has darker. He's a darker complexion, different hair, different eyes, and his like sea level support. His like lowest level support with a bunch of people is them just being like, "Well, you're from Elmira, so things must be so different there." Or are like, "You're really smart for an Elmira," oh. and like <laughs> the game knows what it's doing. God. The game one hundred percent understands that it's playing with racial and national politics in doing that. Um, and and that's not to say that it gets to like a groundbreaking place. It doesn't. It's not like sure. it opened my eyes to a new theory on race <laughs> and ethnicity. Um, but it but it's like it's not shying away from the idea right. that politics and it's not drives culture and history. And it doesn't step in it. It sounds like like no that, that stuff ends up like what it does, which is interesting, is you go like oh I really. Can you just please go back to making necklaces for your little sister? Because now you were saying some shit to this poor fucking kid from Elmira that makes you sound like an ignorant racist. Yeah. But like, oh, yeah, they are. They're from an ignorant racist culture. Right. And, you know, this is the story of them meeting, opening, broadening their horizons. Yeah. The, the, the you know, the, the world is bigger than what they knew from their little province right. you know um garrick mock which is the name of the monastery is this crossroad for people from all over the world from mm. other cultures from all over the place inside of fodland the, the 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 continent that you're on and so like that is 
that and that is like in some ways maybe the most the darkest take uh, about this or the uh-huh. thing that makes the game the most interesting for me in contrast to past Fire Emblem games. There is no I, so I still have two missions left. Maybe I throw this all away. But the core of the conflicts that come up in this game are not simply the evil machinations of um, of you know. A, a dark dragon. There's a time dragon. There's a time dragon. People have real debates, real differences about how uh-huh. they view the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean about yeah. who should be in charge? And that puts people in conflict with each other. Right. It, it isn't just a conspiracy theory. There is genuine history that shapes people. And when they when people are shaped, they look at history differently yeah. and look towards theories of understanding how to make the world a better place. Right. And those those theories often bring you into conflict. And like I really like that that is the core of the game more so than like these two cultures have been warring forever because of a stone. They're fighting <laughs> over the time stone or whatever. Which is why like as much as I liked Awakening, I don't remember like I, you know, I'll tell you uh, you know, the I can tell the arc of 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 uh Donald over and over right, again. Right. Can't tell you shit about actually what happened in that game because it, in my experience with Fire Emblem, like the like capital A story, like the the you know, like the plot yeah. like is just not nearly as interesting as like the characters within it. Um and so it's interesting here that it sounds like it's actually found maybe a better marriage between yeah. the two by not getting rid of the fantasy elements because that seems no, sort of but intrinsic the- to Fire Emblem. Although I was reading – I'm doing this big Fire Emblem feature um, right now unrelated to Three Houses. And so I've been reading a lot of interviews with the Fire Emblem staff, like these old Awada asks and stuff like that, mm. which – it is maybe enough distance that there are people that like weren't around. Oh, yeah, when, absolutely. Uh, um, uh, 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 former Nintendo president Satoru Iwata, who you know passed away uh, tragically a number of uh, years ago at this point, um, did these really long interviews when there were, whenever there was a new release, like he would just do these like seven page monsters, Dude, it's which so was like good. so clear. <laughs> That he had such a he like <laughs> it's the funny. best possible interview that like any of us strive for he, he's incredible. is like a small percent pers- because he has personal history sure. with all these people and they can speak to each other with a frankness that uh, he was just a really good interviewer yeah, too. Like totally. it wasn't just that they were friends. Please go read these. He was just these. a good interviewer. Please go. They're called Iwata Ask. Anyway, just please go read them. They're so good. Yes. Yeah. There's dozens of them. It's so funny to think about it. No interest in. Yeah, it's so funny because you're you're right. They they always came out around new releases, but they were never. They were rarely about the new release. Like sometimes, (laughs) that's not fair. They were they were occasionally about the new release, but sometimes he'd be like, "Do you remember when we worked on Balloon Fight together (laughs) or whatever?" And (laughs) he would find ways to talk to people about stuff they worked on in the past, about the history of the franchise, about what their paths were as developers. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like us looking for a news peg when we have a good story, where it's like, ah, I really want to write about this but there's not like a no one would click on it this week when can when can we actually do this interview okay well, there's a game coming out in six months that's that sort of will get this back in the conversation let's write it then and it's like he was doing the same thing but with interviewing metroid designers yeah. you know um yeah and the fire moments are just like really interesting because they, they talk about like when the, the series was almost uh you know, they were told that Awakening was going to be the last one, that the series was right. was not selling well anymore, and that they should put their all into this, like, finale for the series, and uh, that this was kind of going to be it. And it was, like, around that time, we're like, all right, well, let's rethink what, what it could Fire Emblem be. And it's like they, like, thought about doing, like, ditching, like, the whole, like, like pseudo-fantasy or even the explicit fantasy structure, doing a game that was, like, set in the future with, like, robots right. and stuff like that. Wow. It's, like, so interesting to think of the ways that they, they thought of redoing the series or recontextualize the series. Whereas with Awakening, they sort of just like 
just heightened, just kind of like changed the the sliders a little bit and then landed on something that was, um, that really landed. But I also saw a quote today where someone interviewed the Three Houses team. Um, I was like, are you surprised? You know, did you start, have you, you know, started figuring out like what Western audiences are interested in and like why the series has exploded in a way that, you know, sort of rescued it. And they said, no, we wish we understood what Western audiences <laughs> were interested in. We just kind of keep That's making so the games that we want to make. And it seems to be connecting. And he's like, I mean, not that they aren't like looking, but it does sound like they don't necessarily. And maybe this explains like some of like the, the weirdness that, that happens sometimes, which is like maybe we attribute you know, even I, like I think earlier in this conversation said like, oh, well, it sounds like maybe they're catering a little bit to like Western audiences. And maybe it just may be the case that it's all just kind of happenstance and it's not so much that they are like thinking too, too deeply about um, how the Western audience responds. And we see a little bit more of that, the localization than we do in the actual uh, like game itself. So anyway, Fire Emblem. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> we take a break and yeah. talk about some other games. Yeah. But yeah, please go read my review. It's up waypointadvice.com uh for for a lot of deep thoughts about mechanics actually. It's a it's a very mechanics focused huh. review because I think the those that is like the heart of what made this game special in the way that 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 helped me kind of uh contextualize these characters. All right. Taking a break. We'll be right back. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, we are back. Uh, it's weird being in front of a podcast microphone again. I guess I was here for Ava a couple days ago, but I feel like I was away from talking about video games for a long yeah. time. Y'all been playing anything else? Y'all been... Uh, coincidentally, real quick, I mm-hmm. also watch a bunch of Bon Appetit videos, and I'm not going to get into them okay. deep, but I know that Rob mentioned them last week or earlier this week some, at, someone at some point. Something. Someone did something. I actually don't know what, but I know that it came up, and... I just want to say, yeah, those are really good. I'd been watching them yeah. simultaneously. Like, in, there was uh, a big blow up about one of them. What? What happened? Uh, I think it's uh, not Bon Appetit proper, but one of oh. the uh, side things that is run by Bon Appetit. Mm. The pasta. Did you see this pasta thing? No. Somebody made a type of pasta that uh, looks looks particularly bland, but is like fine. Like it was like they cooked pasta. Uh huh. And then there was like. They melted some pepper and butter. Oh, it was just adult mac and cheese? Yeah, yeah, that. Uh-huh. Did, uh, you, did you see that video, <laughs> Patrick? It, it doesn't, it's not very, it's not visually appealing at all. No, it's like, um. I understand, a lot of people were like, this, this probably just tastes like pepper. That's all they put in it. And I was like, look, 
you cook fucking you cook pasta in super salty water or else you're not fucking doing it right. So all of the water that you're putting back in there uh-huh. and burning off uh-huh. is leaving salt behind. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I think I people have a very specific idea of what mac and cheese is. Yeah. I like baked yeah. macaroni and cheese. I like traditional macaroni and cheese. There's good mac and cheese out there. Yes. I'm not I'm this not, is too not... Fan. I'm not too I'm not too like post fancy woke to not try <laughs> A fucking uh, a renowned chef's take on mac and cheese. Maybe I end up not liking it's it. It's not as much. even. That's the thing. Like that was that's the cell that they chose. But this is like an old, like traditional ass, oh. normal ass Italian. Patrick, <laughs> he has the media in him now. <laughs> he sees something online and is like, everyone's just mad at the cell. Everyone's just mad at the headline. The writer didn't even come up with that headline. Yeah, someone on an this SEO recipe d- is a fucking right. Italian s- recipe that someone like would like people people I like. On my Twitter time, I kept being like, yo, this is just, uh, I forget the exact. Some it's, famous yeah. or like some traditional some Italian. Some traditional Italian thing. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And someone on Slack was like, oh, that no one will click on traditional Italian salt pasta. That's not one, yeah. of, the, that's not one of the social buzzwords this SEOing. <laughs> no, we no. We're going to do Google Trends really quick. Uh, mac and cheese mac right and now. Cheese. Mm. Can you make it? Is there cheese in it? A little bit? Okay, mac. Yeah, Can I call it Nicky Mac? <laughs> Mickey Mac. <laughs> Mickey Mac is trending Mickey right, big now. right now. Mickey, Mickey Mac, big, big Get the word jellical in there. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> God, jellical mac and cheese. What's up with <laughs> fuck cats and cheese? Oh uh, my God. Angelical mac and cheese? Is that like one of those no, Ava uh, like branding? <laughs> no, we. Yeah. Uh huh. Yes, absolutely. I bet you. Angel hair pasta presents. Present, uh-huh. <laughs> Yo, there's definitely macaroni mac, like craft mac and cheese. cheese. Yeah. I'm checking. You think so? That exists. Mm, I would I bet know. money on it. You'd bet money on it. Are we? Hold How on. much? How much? Ten bucks. Ten dollars. Okay. Ten entire dollars. Neon Genesis. This mac you're, and buying, you're buying Austin lunch, is what you're saying. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> God damn it! I don't know that they did this. I'll take that bet for what it's worth. If you can find it, I will happily buy you lunch. Craft. Uh, Evangelion. They cook, but I don't think that they've done this. Evangelion brand branded. How could Food. they? How could they have I get nothing? I get no Evangelion have, mac and cheese. How could no they have results. made such a mistake? Okay, wait. Here's a question: What if there's? The, what if the Ava themed restaurant serves mac and cheese? Does that that counts? No. Are the are the mac no. are the max? No, Hold on, are the max? Because then that are the you're, max that does are not the, count. That is not a. <laughs> are the macaronis with shaped like Avas? I don't think they actually the have macaroni shit at all. <laughs> the mac. Meca- what about macaronis? Macaroni and cheese. Yeah, there's a lot of snack foods. Is what it is. God damn there's it! There's like a lot of snack foods. I don't see any. I don't understand how they could have fucked up so bad. Um, well, Just make a little look like Ava head, you know, into a little macaroni shape like they do with the dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, They're crying Shinji in there. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Surviving on nothing but Ava branded food slash drink for a week. Pipe dream or possibility, just not very healthy. This is a hypothetical <laughs> based on the premise that one is in Japan to do this. My understanding is that Lawson's still has lots of Ava branded food and drinks, but it's largely snacks and the like. Or are there other places that would enable one to achieve this goal by getting other means of sustenance? Patrick, can you look, Patrick, can you look in the podcast uh, room? What uh, is Austin, this? Please? Yeah, I'll take a quick peek here. Let me just open this up. Am I, uh, it's loading. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. That is. I, I have a, to link um, this somehow. Somewhere. That is a character 
who has their arms yeah, outstretched. Can't really say much. Um, their arms are outstretched uh-huh. uh, in a pose that we could say the them. character that has lots of feet. Yeah, lots of feet and eyes. Lots and of eyes. feet. Lots of feet and, and eyes. eyes. What if mm-hmm. their tummy was a plate? <laughs> What if instead of a torso, there was a little piece of like meat on there? It, it's very nicely plated. Yeah, which is at, oh, both of those uh, beautiful spears of Longinus as a uh-huh. you know little fork and knife. Was this um was this predicted in the Dead Sea Scrolls? <laughs> People who not who are not listening to our Ava podcast are so confused. Yeah, very confused. Um, Oh my god! So here's a okay. There might be, you right, might I guess have I'm a, buying you lunch. I think you're Shit. buying you lunch. Wait, but there is. Yeah. I one I, second. I feel like. No, you can keep looking if I'm you want to. If you want to give yourself, I'll give you 24 hours. We do lunch tomorrow. <laughs> All right. So if you find it and it's real and you didn't make it, you can't make it. <laughs> you can't somehow I can't go home. Get it right now. Make some pasta. God. Put it into the shape of little Evangelians. <laughs> God. Little Ava 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 faces. Cook it. Delicious. It Delicious. Um, y'all playing any other video games? <laughs> Patrick, you still on that Mario Maker tip? Did you talk about 20 second levels yet? Because that's my uh, favorite thing no, I've I watched sh- you I can, do. Yeah, I can in this last yeah, week. Yeah, I can shout those out. Um, Actually, my okay, uh, that's not fair. My favorite thing I watched you do in this last week was break a story about Nintendo repairing <laughs> Joy-Cons, which was very fun. True. Uh, but uh, which yeah, we didn't really talk about that because that's uh, no. Do you want to hit that first, and then, and then we'll talk about yeah, Mario Maker a little very, bit? Uh, yeah, uh, shout outs to uh, Kitty Jackson. Get all sorts of shout outs on this. Absolutely, podcast. yeah. Uh, damn, wrote uh, wrote a wrote a piece last week uh, that really took off, in which she you know sort of discussed Kotaku's sort of like staff and like the larger discussion about something called Joy-Con drift, which is. Um, not something that is new. It is something that's been sort of discussed like very shortly after the Switch launched, but uh, mm-hmm. took on a certain zeitgeist off of uh, Gita's piece, um, which just sometimes happens, you know? Like, uh, you know? And uh, basically, Joy-Con Drift is it's something that has ha- happens with other controllers, but has apparently been uh, fairly pronounced with the Switch relative to, say, the PS4 and Xbox One, in which you can... Uh, it doesn't happen to me, Kato, so correct me if I'm wrong in this yeah. description. Um, it's that um, occasionally it can be uh, where you like move the stick in a direction, release the stick, and when it recenters, it should stop the character or the, the cursor or whatever that what is controlled by the analog stick from doing anything, but it continues in that direction. And then can't uh, it also just like be sitting there and it just will just move in a direction on its own? It usually has here's the thing here's the thing that's weird about it is that it usually happens in the middle of play and in it always at least for my Joy Cons, it always was the left Joy Con and it the direction, no matter what I was doing, was to the left. Like so, I would be running okay. in a line straight, and then like let go, and then Link would. Um, I'm talking about Breath of the Wild because this is where I noticed it right. the most. Link would just like start walking left, so I'd be like on a tower, and he'd like walk off, <laughs> and I'd be like, "What the hell just happened? I wasn't touching the controller." Um, but yeah, it's like not even the direction necessary that you're touching. It's just like gotcha. to the left. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a summary. Your analog stick does not do what it's supposed to be doing, no, and yeah. characters move when they're not supposed to. And um, 
yeah, so this like really took off. Um, there were a bunch of follow-ups at uh, Kotaku and other places. Um, Nintendo was finally sort of forced to respond, in which they put out a statement that was like, "We like try to, you know, we always intend to make high-quality products, and we oh, and there was that uh, class action. are always improving them." Uh, yes, and then so there was alongside that um, was a class action lawsuit uh, filed uh, last Friday. Um, which you know, I guess class action lawsuits are filed all the time. Like it's hard for me to tell like yeah. when is What's yeah. when one is superfluous there? and one is like the, the 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 filing of a class action lawsuit like is not um like some huge obstacle <laughs> to overcome um if you if you want to just get it into the system. But like suffice to say, uh there was a lot of momentum around an issue that I think a lot of people suddenly galvanized in a way that they were able to speak with a much louder voice as opposed right. to what was happening before, which was like people individually talking to customer service. Or uh, uh, just complaining on places, you know, like Reset Era, Reddit, and other other places where people talk about video games. Um, and then I, uh, this week, uh, got access to a, a memo that was sent around the customer service department um, at Nintendo um, in which they disclosed that they were uh, going to no longer they, – they wanted to put smiles back on the faces of customers – um, which is a paraphrase of an actual <laughs> comment from <laughs> from that actual memo um, in which they more or less said – like this is you know they in nowhere in the memo does it does it say admit to a hardware default or an issue it simply says there there have been articles written about <laughs> this that they they are aware that people are having some problems which i'm sure is just the legal department being like hey you if you admit that there's a problem it's going to that's going to open us up to all sorts of issues <laughs> so um they were they basically were just going to no longer charge for joycon repairs which from what I could surmise, usually ended up being around $40 yeah. or slightly cheaper uh, or, or uh, $40 if you're paying for the repairs and the shipping or like 4 to $6 if you were – if Nintendo was not going to charge for the repairs like it was under warranty and you were just paying for the shipping. They were now uh, waiving all that. It didn't matter if you were in warranty or not. If you had gotten – uh, if you paid for a repair in the past, they were going to refund those. And so it was a pretty carte blanche like – wide spectrum of just like, yeah, this is a problem. And the best way to deal with this is just to fix it for everyone. And then probably quietly, if not already have addressed it in, you know, these upcoming switch revisions that are yeah. uh, rolling out, starting with the, the switch light, um, in September. Wait, um, did we even ever talk about that second switch revision that they're like, not, uh, they haven't, the one that basically has like a better battery, a better right? battery. Yeah. They right? didn't announce it here though, which is weird. Yeah, they did. I think it was announced in Japan. It was announced in Japan. Yeah, I think, yeah. Like, I saw the the Nintendo Japan tweets, but I never saw anything from Nintendo of America. I'm pretty sure. Well, because they're not, they have basic, they're not, yeah. They're not going to market it. It's not going to be something where it's like switch with better battery. There's a switch light. Yeah, it'll just be a switch. A switch that is quietly, they've, I think they've said that uh, you can, there are two, like, you know, uh, model numbers. You can look yes, at the back is, of the box they to figure out that, which one wait, it is. So they you added could, that to the to their website. So now there is a second model yeah. number if you go to Nintendo.com slash that has a better slash compare. Model number HAC001 is two to two point five to six point five hours. Model number HAC one is four point five to nine hours. So yeah, it's like it's coming here. It's just that gonna be a model number. Which s- means sucks. They're not going to pull things well, off the I, shelf. That's what I'm saying. Like, you the, right. This, like why, this like, happens also, all the time. It's right. the that thing big to of an improvement. It's just, a, it's just a slightly better battery. Like, I get I, what I don't, you're saying. I don't, 
what you what you need to do is go just buy one of these. Just flip the damn thing over right, and look right, at the model right, number. Right, right. Like, it's just on the box. <laughs> well, no, but like people who are like not like super like tech literate I or anything totally like want to get one for their kids yes. and like go grab like the worst one without knowing, and then like maybe a kid who is like realizes and it's like, hey, this is the the worst one. Mom, go fix this. Go fix yeah, this. Like, Mom, it's just cause it's like. It seems it's a difficult odd to not say like something else or like I don't do you know. Charge more for it? Do you? What do you do? You discount the old ones. That would be ideal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I'm, I'm curious if what will end up happening. But what is do you What do you get... discount a slightly better battery? <laughs> like right. what do you five dollars? Like right. I mean, the, the, yeah. The, this, uh, the, the difference here, or the thing not... is, the, the people who have to discount it are the people who already have inventory. Sure. Right. And I don't think Nintendo. Maybe they could make that deal with GameStop and Best Buy. They could say like, or we'll only sell you these new ones if you discount the old it ones. It just seems weird that they would slip it into the 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 line in such a way where like you could buy either one and not notice shit, unless you know to look. Yeah. Like who would even know to look? I for feel like model this is number, me just right? being cynical because I've been doing this for decades. Sure. Of like, well, which Xbox are you getting? You're going to get the one that has the fucking red, red ring, ring still, right? Like this stuff is. Ha- are you going to get the the PS4 the PS4 <laughs> that has backwards compatibility or not? Right. Are you going to get the one that has the disc? Like which. I, I really like got to know. The compatibility was still like talked about no. when they took it out. It was talked about in our circles. Uh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Sure. But like you had to get a launch PS4 if you wanted backwards compatibility. Right, right, right. That yeah. was not, and you had to know to ask for one of those. You had to point to that one. Moms absolutely, parents, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely, parents absolutely did not. Went to stores and got PS4s that didn't have backwards compatibility. Happened, it happened to me as like a person who... Got a gift PS4, I think, actually. And it was like, all right, I'm going to have this PS4 now. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Actually, you know what it was? I got a launch run, I tr- and I traded it in because I needed money <laughs> to pay my rent. That is actually what happened. And then like yeah, two, fair. three years later, my dad got me a different PS4 for Christmas because he knew That's I'd nice. sold my last yeah. one. So that was nice. Thanks. But Thanks I, I guess the reason I don't is yeah. like I've actually never had any problems with like the battery on the existing Switch absent like a long flight. Mm. And most flights these days have plug so it's just like i i think the battery on the switch is someone that uses it exclusively handheld i never dock it like i have not i only dock it when i'm capturing for like streaming mario maker or i need to get footage for like an article like i use it in handheld all the time and i just haven't like sure could it be better like i wish it had a better frame rate too but i'm just like i guess i don't get too anxious about like yeah sure there is a better world where they communicate that stuff like we don't live in that world because they're not going to do that i'm shocked that you put it out at the end of the day i don't think it's that big of a deal this is a step forward for for them compared to past shit where like this would just happen on 3ds's (laughs) where you would just go oh yeah the new model 3ds by the way has a different screen type that shit happened or the vita remember the vita this was specifically the vita the vita launched with uh a uh a plasma screen Uh and then one up one version update made it a, an LCD screen, which is way less bright, way less less dynamic, and that was just a model mm. number change. That wasn't That's, like, hmm. yeah, this shit happens <laughs> all the time in consumer electronics. God damn, people get fucked all the time, yeah. and like or lose that access sucks. or get like the other half of this is in a year, any switch you buy for the will regular the, price right. will probably be this new one. Yeah, um, these things Once move pretty quick. Been, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if I'm, if I am a retailer, I start to bundle the old ones to get rid of them now or like give right. good deals and right. hope that you can just make the promise. Cause if I'm a retailer, I want to be able to tell my employees, you can tell people who are potentially going to buy this console that the battery will last between four and 4.5 and nine hours. Yeah. If you can't, if your employees can't do that, it'd be such a different, such a worse experience. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Um, what I really want is a Switch Pro, which I don't know if we're going to get. Yeah, I like that. 
was that always just? It this? sounds like we might not even. It sounds like we might not even get that next year. Like that no, may totally. Be that might be a full refresh. Longer off than yeah. Um, like if I, had, I had a running theory after E three that maybe uh, Breath of the Wild two might be aligned with that, but now yeah, I don't think so. I'm I, I'm I'm actually suspecting that it's selling so well, and the difference between the Switch and previous Nintendo consoles is that developers <laughs> used to be frustrated. They would developers are finding ways to work with the Switch because it's selling so well as opposed yeah. to Nintendo having to beg third parties to like put anything on there. And yeah. so from mm-hmm. Nintendo's position, why wouldn't they just take the incremental improvements that come with just the, the nature of manufacturing and make higher margins on what they have and then wait till a proper switch to, yeah. you know, in I fear the monkey two paw. years, three years. What if you curled the monkey paw on us though? And what if that means we don't get Breath of mm. the Wild 2 until the Switch Pro launches in two Fuck. or three years? <laughs> I mean, if you think that game is actually coming next year I and don't. not getting delayed to... Well, I don't know. It could, they they built been, the, they I, I will say I, I will say Nintendo has been pretty good this cycle, this gen, with the Switch specifically in... If you believe uh, all, uh, a lot of the reporting about the end of the Wii U yeah. and the start of the Switch was them... Like winding down projects that were like that Super Mario Odyssey was supposed to be a Wii U game, and then it was moved right. to Switch, so and then that they it could hit have like a, a stronger really, lineup out yes, of the gate. Yes. Which like, and they've actually like, even though what last year was kind of a, a slow year, 2019 is like a really big year yeah. for Nintendo. And so like, it actually may be the case that they've like like having a like some downtime. They actually kind of got ahead of things in terms of uh, being able to get games out on a. So normally, I'd say. There's no way that you're playing Breath of the Wild 2 Holiday 2020. I, you know, I'd actually put like even money on the fact that that will. It may slip from like a October to a November or like right. late worst case December, but I bet that game hits in time for for Christmas. I feel like if it hits December, they just put make it April. That's like the play, or March. Like December's so late. You don't get all those Christmas sales. You don't get all those holiday sales. You get some of them still. Well, but like, if they don't, if they don't make it by Thanksgiving, yeah, yeah, yeah. then yes, that's they would delay it until because that's what they um, did with Smash, right? Like Smash yeah. got delayed is, to like right before Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, that's okay. Out no, in November, it, didn't it? No, no, no it came December? out December third. Damn, what the fuck do I know? Okay, that's yeah. still sold like yeah. Gangbusters. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm so, like. I think I was gonna say like actually because of the way Smash sold really well, even they'd though be willing out, to, they'd probably willing to do it, like. We'll see. I think a lot of people procrastinate on uh, Christmas shopping, honestly. <laughs> That's my read That's on it. Yeah, same. Catch me in the Best Buy on December 24th. Uh, Overpaying yeah. for things I could have gotten on Amazon if uh, I just thought cheaper. about it a couple of days before. And the other uh, thing is, again, I want to shout out uh, these, tw- these are called 22nd uh, yes. stages. Um, I wrote about them uh, this week. There's an article up. Called uh, I think like twenty second gauntlets of death are like the hot new trend in in Mario Maker levels. Um, the basic pitch behind them is that uh, it mashes up a bunch of existing popular Mario Maker concepts um, by the community. Um, people are pretty familiar probably with auto run levels. There are two types of those where um, the level put just pushes you along like it auto scrolls and you don't do anything. That's often how people do things like music stages and and other sort of like aesthetically pleasing bits that are just about using the creativity of the tools for a visual appearance as opposed to anything mechanical. Um, there are other ones where, like, you just hold Mario to the right, and that's all you do, and the level takes care of itself because everything is built to to address the fact that he's only moving right. Um, and these levels, uh, you, you are holding right, 
and the levels are perfectly, when they're done right, perfectly timed to only take 20 seconds, like no more, no less, where Mario has to move the entire time. He can never stop. He can never hesitate. Um, he always has to be moving to the right, but if done correctly, you will finish it right as that timer hits zero um, and in this 20-second span. And they use a lot of these on-off switches, which are one of the, the really popular new tools in which um, you can create like weird platforming combinations because you can put down red and blue blocks in any like you know they come in squares um and you can align them in any way that you want which allows you to create just really wild and interpretive um ways of um not just like platforms to jump on and off but like allows you to do gating right like it allows you to do like more advanced level design in a way that Mario games don't traditionally deal with. And so these levels are basically 20 second roller coasters where Mario is jumping, often jumping up to hit on off switches to like open and close gates as he's going uh, along in ways that like if he misses that jump, doesn't hit the on off switch, like you'll die, you go back to the to the beginning. And what makes them so um, tremendously fun and exhilarating um, is that they give you the feeling of speed running without actually having to be a speed runner. And so they often don't rely, the ones that are really popular, the ones that I highlighted, don't rely on like advanced Kaizo techniques. It's really is holding right and just like good jumps. Um, they're, they're, I'm not saying they're easy, but they are not like outside the realm of ability for like your average like Mario player. Like you you could sit sit with this for 15, 20 minutes and like you'd be able to get, to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just like really exhilarating and fun and give you a sense of what it must be like to be a speed runner where the way that works is like you nailing a bunch of like really complicated things in a row over and over again to achieve success. Um, and it kind of gives you that little sensation in 20 seconds. So um, yeah, they're, they're really neat. It also reveals a frustration of mine, which I wrote about in my review of Mario Maker 2, which is that there's no easy way to find these. There is right. no like 20 second categorization that Nintendo has developed. Uh, players cannot tag levels on their own. Um, they can't even do things like, hey, we've come up with a branding, just put this into the title. Like, some of them have, like, parentheses, 20 sec, uh, close parentheses. Some of them have, like, uh, parentheses, 20 seconds. Like, there's just variations on that. And in Mario Maker, you cannot search by title. So you can't even just, like, search 20 and then hopefully come up with, like, a list of titles that, like, have just 20 in the title, which probably would get you a lot of those. Yeah. Um, and so that's frustrating. So it's like the most you can do, the way I like recommended the piece was like, well, if you do a search by like most popular and you do auto scroll plus, or you do speed run plus auto scroll, you'll get a bunch of those because they kind of falls in that that bucket. But it's frustrating that there's a lot of levels that are going to get ignored that are good versions of these, but they just aren't popular. And so like, how do you find them? And it's like, if I desperately wish at the very least Um, even if Nintendo didn't introduce tags, I wish they would, uh, introduce a curator, uh, concept, like giving, granting community members with authority to like, just create playlists, like create, like maybe not give it to everyone, but if they just like had like community ambassadors, it's like, Hey, we trust you. You can make playlists or just built that into like maker profiles. It's like they have, they have that sort of, which like levels you liked, like ones you starred, but that has no categorization. That has no like rhyme or reason or theming. So it's frustrating. It's, you know, one of a, yeah. a lot of things that Nintendo doesn't get right on the community front. But like in this particular instance, it's frustrating because players have come up with something genuinely cool mm-hmm. that is really difficult 
to surface. And even in the Mario Maker 2 interface, the way they surface levels, there's not even a way for Nintendo to be like, hey, we have all we have gone and done a playlist of 20-second levels for you. Like we've we've recognized that these are popular and we've actually bundled a bunch of them together for you to play through. There is no way to package levels together, and there's nowhere in the interface for Nintendo to do anything but just popular levels, like trending levels. Like there's no like way for them to like put another tab, at least as currently constructed, that's like Here's the play because like what if they did that each week? Like here's this week's playlist. Like we've highlighted in the community like a cool thing that's happening. Here's haunted house levels or something like that. So anyway, totally. No, I, I feel like cool, that would be cool, cool, cool. See shit. you play those levels exact. Like I just want to watch someone playing those levels all the time. <laughs> uh, and and to do that, you need someone to be able to just like find them all the time. You yeah. need to be able to just be like, oh yeah, show me all these. So ugh, oh well. So you shouldn't have to go to Reddit to no. or follow someone like me. Um, even though I like when people watch me play Mario Maker, that's fine. But <laughs> that uh, that shouldn't be the solution to like finding good levels is is relying on the moment place you're relying on places like Reddit is is reveals that you have not developed your systems uh, appropriately. Yeah, yeah, totally. Kato, you been playing anything this week? You getting, uh, you getting anything done? Just more nowhere profit, okay. which we've talked about a, yeah, yeah, a bunch. The, the, but... I still have to play that. I I have not gotten to it yet. Yeah. Um, you feel kind of? Any... Do you want to mention? Yeah. The what like the the I didn't listen to Monday's podcast, but I know that you talked about that game. Yeah. And that we've discussed in the past a faction, uh, union of the five fingers. Yes. Is that the the union? Anyway, do you want to set this up fingers. and like? Because anyway, the designer of the game or one of the designers of the game addressed some a criticism you yeah. had, so I thought maybe it was yeah. worth kind of walking through that. Totally. So, uh, in case you haven't listened to those other episodes, the uh, y- in this game, uh, it's set in like a post-apocalyptic world, and there's a bunch of different uh, factions. Um, one of them is uh, called the Union of the Five Fingers, um, and they are uh, comprised of. Um, uh, uh, a mining group essentially that's turned into its own like city state um which given that they're workers given the name the union you can see the obvious i mean it's like a workers union um the issue with this is that they are uh characterized as you know fascistic and uh will execute people for uh wrong think Basically, like there's a there's a um, it's um, so like it 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 feels like they they they're like this is this is what the extremes of like a, a union would would be if they go if it goes bad. Right. Like to the like worst to the nth degree. And it's just like doesn't read very well. But they met they, someone um they mention online let me find the tweet actually because we were like tagged in it i guess but they were saying that the 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 ideas that they were actually going after with that design was uh uh people in power co-opting the um kind of language of uh of unions right like 
Let me see what the exact quote. This was. is from the Nowhere Prophet t- Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is it's it's the, uh, the dev I, team is this essentially is the thing that you posted in the yeah, yeah. chat. So they say, "I'm sorry you feel this way." But this is not to you. This is to somebody, somebody else. Somebody else. But they say, "I'm sorry you feel this way." But just to be sure, the Union of Five Fingers is not a statement against workers' unions. In fact, I wholeheartedly support worker solidarity. Nowhere Prophet is a game fundamentally about community, and the union is an example of ideals being co-opted uh, by those in power to create systems of oppression. It has, at least in my eyes, nothing to do with the realities of real workers' unions. Though I guess the naming is unfortunate. Waypoint Radio came to similar conclusions. Yeah. And it's just, it doesn't, yeah, like, it, like the, 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 there's no, there's nothing in the text itself to kind of separate the, 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 the union from other, like, from unions, right? <laughs> like, it's, it's There's directly... no genuine workers' movements to contrast it against in this no, game. No, no, like, like, and, like, there are, there are definitely people, like, there are people within uh, the union that are, like, the union's bad, actually, and, like... We need to take it down, but I'm talking about like this, like history they've set up within the yeah, world, yeah, I know where what it's you like mean, yeah. it, it crosses directly from being the uh, a workers' union to the current its current state post-apocalypse. And there's nothing about like, uh, oh no, it's not like there, there's there's no um, like it, it feels like an A to B situation, not like a someone came in and like fucked things and up, co-opted and changed, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um, so yeah, that's an an un, un, unfortunate like part of this game. The other thing that we talked about was kind of how within the context of the rest of the game that felt like it kind of felt like that sort of like writing was um the majority of it mm-hmm. uh where like none of the factions like it, it, all the the factions ended up feeling kind of two-dimensional in a, in a way where um they were all they were all all bad, and like there wasn't any sort of nuance to like the people within them. Since that recording, I've played a lot more, and I don't know. And there was also a couple of updates that I think may have changed a little bit of the the randomness. Like it feels like I'm getting more of these other story beats now okay. that are actually uh, do tell a much more nuance, like uh, of the people within these factions, of of the ways that um, people like move and shift in this world mm. um that has um overall kind of made the the game come out um uh, in a much uh a, a, a better light than i, I kind of had it before but uh, i still haven't gotten to the end although they did make some of the bosses easier i, I had <laughs> a much better run than i've had before it's like ftl-ish in terms of like yeah yeah the I, will, I will say the spire-ish is yeah. like like almost the the, the one that i would it makes the most because it has the same kind of like branching paths and then it ends in a boss and yeah, then there's yeah, yeah. the next map is another gotcha. branch, like a bunch of branching paths it ends in a boss um it's the year of the of the deck yeah, builder yeah let me tell you um sorry i lost my train of thought but like yeah i think that it's 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 unfortunate where that um that story stuff ended up going and like I I can see what they were trying to do but it just does but you not... wouldn't have ever arrived at that or if, if right you, there's no way to you arrive would at not that. have arrived at that yeah just Organic. by playing the game yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. or if, if you would have it would require you to have hit an event you haven't hit yet that's so deep in the game that that's or like something not, like I mean, I mean how many hours do you have in this thing now like twenty yeah like if after twenty hours. It's still it's unless still it's like not. a huge weird reveal, but this just sounds like the f- the fundamental premise of that of that faction was right. supposed to be. A yeah, different and especially because so. it's random. Like, uh, 
basically the the like faction's headquarters uh the the like where you get to the boss is also like a milestone okay um which is usually a, a big area owned by one of the factions like kind of their headquarters in a sense um and there's a gotcha. bunch of like small story beats that you can go through each of those and like each time i've hit the 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 union's like milestone like uh, I've tried other options to see if there's something else hidden in there, and I'm, it's it's usually one of the earlier ones. So like that one, I've seen a lot, and it, it there there really isn't anything there that that would that would have uh, allowed me to kind of come to that conclusion. Just right, right, right. Just by yourself, yeah. Um, if you want a different card based, yeah, uh, <laughs> game to play, uh, you should check out Griftlands. Um, Grifflands is the new clay joint, the new the new clay games game yeah. that was announced. I think that well, okay, so it was announced a couple of years ago, uh, but yeah, it, like three years yeah. ago. Uh-huh. Um, and they published this really fascinating uh, letter right around E three um, that was like, yeah, yeah, we yeah we threw away that design. <laughs> yeah. That design wasn't working. Um, well, it used to be like an open world JRPG sort of thing. Yes. That with was, no cards. With no cards, but huh. was built around reputations and systemic interactions between factions. I mean, I think I've read that description mm. on this podcast before. Um, now it is a deck builder like Slay the Spire. Uh, and it is, one, really cool. Um, two, uh, it is... Um, it does some really neat stuff with the stuff that you're talking about with Nowhere Profit. Yeah. Uh, in terms of communicating the idea that there are factions in the world that are bigger than the people. Right. But that the people but, – but also are more nuanced. Right. So it's a sci-fi game. It takes place in like a space colony or like a like a you know a distant planet basically. Um, you're playing a bounty hunter who recently paid her way – uh, it's in early access, it's only on the Epic Game Store right now. It will eventually right. come to every, it will eventually come to other platforms for early access. In this case, they're yeah. using Epic. They've used you know Humble before. They've used Steam for early access before. They've used they've kind of made a statement that was like, "Hey, we're gonna try Epic this time." Yeah. We're gonna like we just like they fucking also, our own platform. They also said if you uh, if you buy into the Epic one right now, yes. you will get the Steam. You one will when get it comes a Steam out, one so. when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're playing this bounty hunter who used to work on this like basically a, a satellite like resource collection derrick uh, like an oil derrick but in space for i think solar energy maybe mm. and you were sent there basically as a as a slave by a crime lord down on the planet and you've worked your way somehow out of there you've escaped you've gone back to the planet you've become a bounty hunter and now you're like out for revenge yeah. and that is the, the premise of this one character eventually there'll be like three characters to play as um to, to do this, the way the game is set up is that the game is split into days, and every day you get kind of three randomly generated or procedurally generated missions, or maybe they're just pulled from a pool, I'm not sure, uh, from a contact that you have, an old bartender that you know, uh, and like a cool alien bartender named Fish, F S S H, who tells you like, oh, hey, here's some stuff, you can here's some, some jobs you can go do to get some resources so you can eventually go after Kashio, who is this the crime lord who sent you to space. Um, and you, uh, those missions are things like go help 
the local, uh, you know, a smaller gang try to move a package across the the city or protect a um, a uh, a member of the admiralty, which is like the the military faction, as they basically go get collection money from different people around around town. There's still a map, but that map is not like free roam. Mm. That map gets like nodes added to it when things when you like, go from place to place. So like you land and you go, you can click on the bar, and the bar will be the guy will be like, oh, there's three missions for you to do and those three missions will appear on the map and you click on them and do them um when you get into when you when you there are kind of two modes of combat or conflict resolution in this game mm -hmm. the first is just like a combat game it's a lot like slay the spire in some ways you can see enemy intentions you can see like who they're targeting how much damage is going to get done um unlike slay the spire you'll often end up with an ally on your side either someone who's assigned to you or one of the things that's really cool about this game is a friend who happens to near be nearby, maybe you complete a mission for somebody and they like you then. Mm. If you're in the a location that they're at, they might jump into a fight to help you. Um, and that plays out, again, pretty much like the, the like Slay the Spire. There's a deck of cards you build, you add to that deck of cards. Cards level up in this game as you use them, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. So you just like a basic attack and you use it enough times, it levels up to like a stronger version. Or you just get a choice of two different potential ways for it to level every time that, that it levels up. Um, or every time that you level up a card. Uh, and then the other thing is negotiations. So there's combat and there's also kind of social conflict. And that is a different system that at first can be a little overwhelming because there's a lot yeah. of stuff happening on screen. <laughs> but after your like fourth or fifth like social encounter, you end up having a pretty good idea of how it works. And the, the, the basics are just like, instead of it just being I do damage, you do damage, there are there's this kind of layer of buffs uh, or or like st status effects, let's say, that both people make called arguments. Yeah. Where you could just have it. So, for instance, um, I have a, there's an argument that I have or a, a card that I play that gives me inspiration, which is a buff that means that all of a certain type of attack card does max damage every time I play it instead of kind of randomly rolling the damage. And it's like awesome, cool. In in social, you know, in in regular combat, the enemy can't do shit once I buff myself in that right. way. And you that buff just to where I just have that buff. Maybe it wears out, whatever. But in in the argument mode or in the, in the negotiation mode, the enemy could target that buff and do damage to that buff instead of doing damage to my resolve, which is like your social HP. And so it ends up, what ends up happening is like you end up feeling like you're this bounty hunter who like goes in to get a job, who negotiate, who who then you get the option like, do you want to take the raw price or do you want to start to negotiate with the person giving you the job for more money? Yeah. Maybe you succeed at that, but that costs you some resolve. And it turns out two missions later, you could have really used that resolve <laughs> because you're trying to talk you know someone out of killing a friend of yours right um the core mechanics are all really cool and like i i'm curious to see how new characters get added new abilities new cards uh, it has like the the thing that these games have of like unlocking more cards every time you do a run right uh it has permadeath like slay the spire it's, it's run based in that way um but the thing that i think really separates it especially from what you're saying about nowhere profit is just the sense of play and, and and you know I'm I'm still I still want to play Nowhere Profit to be clear yeah, I haven't yeah. played it this is this is just from hearing what you're you're saying but I, when I do play Griftlands there is such a sense of like place and mm -hmm. character the animations I, it's clay so it has that certain style right. the character designs are all really cool um, they're all like uh, there feels like there's a materiality and a placeness to them yeah. all of the factions have like similar like inside of a faction everyone has similar outfits but not always the exact same outfit so it's like oh yeah i can recognize that person works for the admiralty that person works for 
the cult of Hesh, the, like the big religious, the big religious group. This person is a uh, is is one of like the local gang members, but like they're not. Uh, it's not just like everyone is the same character. And in fact, you what you end up doing is getting kind of building reputation with individual characters, uh, doing missions for for factions that give you access to cheaper goods, um, and all of that stuff is just so flavorful. It's just like it had does like the it, it one. It feels like pyre in some ways because there's the. There's like the alien speech. There's like the yeah or whatever, like Simlish. <laughs> yeah, that just works really well. Uh, it feels like people are speaking an alien language, uh, but just like in conversational tones. And then two, the animation is just so good. The character design is so good, and it does the pyre thing of the like mouse over like the twine style mouse over to reveal more information about yeah. like a person about a faction. It's a very quick way to be like, oh, okay, now I understand who the cult of Hesh are. They worship a weird jellyfish, an evil jellyfish god named Hesh. Got it. <laughs> um, uh, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's so flavorful. I'm so curious to see how it how it comes together. It feels like it's in a pretty good place already, the core design. Yeah, it looks I, like yeah. surprisingly fleshed out for being something that's early access. They're but... adding two more characters to play yeah, as. Right. Um, the way that story kind of works is like there are events that are locked in place that you get to at the beginning and end of every day so like at the end of the first day of this multi-day game you kind of like get jumped at the bar right and it's like okay cool there's a guy here for me to fight there's like a mini boss to fight here that segment is the same day in day out and i'm curious if on my 20th play that will be really boring or not you know sure um and if they plan on making those those things rotate too or if there is just going to be here is sal's story that's the name of the bounty hunter you're playing as her Mm -hmm. name is sal it's like this is sal's story at the end of day one she runs into someone and then there's a fight in the bar um, or if there will be more differentiation in the future. But like it just like I cannot overstate the vibe and the sense that like every character is just like caught up in something bigger and grimier than they want to be caught up in. Right. The world is a is a grimy, shitty place, but that but it doesn't feel like the factions are fundamentally like one note either, you know? Yeah. Um I'm really liking it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it and play some more as it develops. I think a new update hits today. So they, nice. they do a thing on the title screen where it's like new update in two weeks, new update in three days. Like it updates <laughs> a lot or it, it's a clock, right? That's right. ticking to the, the most recent uh, or the, the next update basically. So I'm excited for it. Um, I got to check it out. I'm excited to play it. Me too. Uh, card games I'm going to keep the, playing more, more card now. games, card games all the I time. Play, I play the only thing I play on my God. switch right now is slay the spire. <laughs> Well, on, they the, on my commute, on, oh, and then I, I go home, and then I play, play Nowhere Profit. I'm going to start playing Rift Lance. Yeah. Just cards everywhere. Cards everywhere. <laughs> They've added Bile Grenade and Serrated Dirk to this most recent update. Love to throw a Bile Grenade. Great. I really like the, the <laughs> one of the, the coolest things here is just like um, that the, there is a sense of like choices you make matter. Um, mm-hmm. In combat, the one really neat new thing is that when you're fighting a per when you're fighting someone you have a person or an, or a monster there's a point at which they panic and flee um except for yeah. if they're a person and they're alone i think it's if they're a person and they're alone but it might just be if they're a person um if you get them to a certain point they surrender and then you have a choice do you kill them and take them out of the game or do you let them live and killing them gives you like you will get a different reputation based on that. Right. Other characters will start disliking you or you'll get like a, a card added to your deck that could be a, a positive thing because you get like a, a reputation as someone who like doesn't take shit or a negative thing because it could be a reputation for like you're kind of 
like off the deep end and are willing to hurt people for no real reason. Right. Um, uh, and that is super interesting. And the fact that like your, your deck ends up reflecting your play style and your choice, the choices that you make. Um, so yeah, Griftlands currently on the Epic game store, uh, worth, worth checking out. Anyone have anything else? Patrick, did you check out Marvel at all? Are you checking out Wolfenstein? Are you checking out any other games we're talking about? Uh, yeah, I played the first hour of Wolfenstein Youngblood. Okay. Um, which uh, it's the same stuff yesterday you... when this podcast goes up. So yeah, the it's like turns out that like the hour that I played at E3 is just the first hour of the game. Um, huh. uh, in yeah, like yeah, yeah. proper. Right, yeah. Um, and uh, the difference being, I uh, but the, the big difference being that I played it by myself with uh, an AI uh, partner as opposed to playing it with. Um, a co-op partner, like a human at um, E3. Although, based on my experiences, not radically different based on uh, the human partner that I had uh, at E3 who was not very good <laughs> very good at being a co-op partner. Um, I cannot properly throw them under the bus having played with just an AI person <laughs> in, the, in the same same sections in uh, Youngblood. We have a, a review of uh, that uh, up on the site um, from uh, Matthew Galt um, in which... Uh, like this is like a pretty story light version of Wolfenstein um, in which the focus really is on like repeatedly running through levels and doing it with a co-op partner. Um, Like, you know, for, it sounds like it's possibly skippable if like you really loved one and two and which you're, you don't, you don't think you'd necessarily have like a a co-op partner for three. I'm not, playing through the second time like i'm not super convinced that it's like interesting to have added levels and like health meters to the enemies yeah i thought it was sort of like a neat novelty the first time and i'll see how it like pans out like i do intend to finish it because i so thoroughly enjoyed one and two and uh talking to galt he said like this really sets up like a lot of story threads for hmm. the third game. Um, so it may be the kind of thing that maybe you could just do, do a cutscene watch if you yeah. end up finding that the game is not um, for you. But uh, like, for example, um, this game has stealth, like in Wolfenstein, um, there are sort of like two phases of combat. Like, I guess you don't have to participate in the stealth one. You can just like run into combat and just go for <laughs> it. Fuck it. Um, but the game tries to punish you for that in sequences where there are commander units. And so these are the commander units don't can't really fight back. They're basically just like a hidden, like someone who's hidden throughout that can call for reinforcements and those reinforcements will be higher level. Um, and so that exists here, but I found it just like really difficult to pull off because I have this AI partner who I can't really account for. Uh. And, so hmm. what they would do the is like is scenario. so I, I picked I picked a character uh, you know you have two sisters the two daughters of um, B J Blazkowicz and his wife whose name escapes me at the time Anya um, yes is it Anya? Anya is correct okay yes um, <laughs> and uh, you uh, you can so you you can choose between at the start you can eventually get all the abilities like these are like amorphous classes that um, you can shape as you go along. Um, but at the beginning, you can kind of like differentiate a little bit. And so one of those is like um, a uh, a power that like you jump in the air, you come down and you do a ground pound and it's like really powerful. It can break open boxes that you can't do as another character. Um, and the other one is a uh, like you can cloak for a little while. And so basically right. what happens is like I'm in these sequences where it's like go find the commander. And I'm like, 
cool. Um, and you can't uh, tell the AI to do anything. Mm. Like the AI just operates independently. Like you can't. Be I, like, what I've actually here. like to do is like like just stay behind this box. Yeah. <laughs> just right there. Like <laughs> yep. I'm gonna go find the commanders. Then like I'll hit a button and like feel free to run you through guns in. blazing <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. do whatever the yeah. fuck you want. That would actually be great. It, honestly, <laughs> hide in this bathroom and when right. I hit the button that says time to pop off, pop off. <laughs> right. And so what ends up happening instead is that uh I'm crawling along the ground <laughs> like hiding going through the vents and just mm-hmm. my AI partner is just following me constantly hitting the cloak button and like trying <laughs> to stay like trying to stay hidden and then occasionally oh. they'll pop off <laughs> clear and like one of the enemies will be like get put like the visual cone that says like you've been started to be noticed and then boom, boom like hit uh, pop back into cloaking and like the game's very generous about like having those enemies like not spot right away so like yeah. the AI partner is just like stumbling around me going cloaking in and out and so <laughs> which is why I chose the power of like the 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 ground pound I was like I'm just not going to play this game stealthy like I'm not I'm just going to skip that phase because it seems like this game is actually not super interested in that phase at least if i'm gonna try and play this like by myself um and so that just wasn't very fun i'll say like another way so it's like when i started the game last night and granted this is pre-release so it hasn't been like flooded with players that i could be matched with so um i boot the game up and i uh go just like start game and said do you want to just join a game and i was like oh cool like i'll just get matched with someone who's like about to do the first mission. Like, and mm-hmm. we'll just jump into that initial cutscene. And so I hit join game, matches you with someone, and then I'm just in a level, just in a stage. And I hit pause. One that you've been like, to? I've met, I've, no. I, I, it says I've been matched with someone who's level 10. And uh, they're just no. somewhere in the story. Just like, like, and some, like, definitely not how the game opens. And I was like, I thought maybe like, oh, maybe the game just has a cold open. And like, Boom, like you're just in it, and then it's gonna like flash back. And it's like I hit start and I was like, no, these are a lot of objectives that like I could be completing right now that I have no context for. Um and I'm level like, one. That's not great. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm level zero. No, you start at level zero. Ah. And so then I backed out and I I I uh hosted my own game and made it so that people could join it. Um but I was like, then I do that. I did that version because it's not as simple as like new game, like like single player. Like there are none of those options. Like you can do, you can force it, right? Like you can hit single player. You could be like friends only join, which then would like basically stop yeah. any randos from jumping in. But it was like, that's not a good system where like I just hit new game join and then it jumps me to like mission four or whatever that was. Um Severely <sighs> underleveled, so I have none. Yeah. Of, it's not like it like it jumped me with a level ten, and at that point, that person has like would have a bunch of power ups, have upgraded their um, their weapons. Um, now that makes sense in the context of someone who's maybe beaten the game, and they're like, I just want to jump in with someone yeah. and like get yeah. some get some more. I would loot say loot. This or... game doesn't have loot. The game uh... has money that you collect that you can then spec your character. But at a certain point you could just max everything out. Like, you're not, like, creating a class necessarily. There's, like, Mm. some measure of class, sort of. Like, so, for example, when you pull up a weapon, um, you could upgrade all sorts of various parts of it. So you could upgrade the scope. Six um, different upgrade upgrade points or whatever, right? Yeah, magazine, 
yeah, like I forget the exact like, like magazine like, magazine barrel scope stuff like receiver. that. Yes. Um, and and with and within that, so like of those, like let's say six, there are then three different options for each of those. Like right. so. Um, and they call them brands. And so like, it's like different branding, like one of them and like each of those brands, like for, for each of those upgrades is along the same path. So like one emphasizes like headshot damage. One emphasizes like all body damage. One emphasizes something else that I can't like remember. Like fire speed or something. And yeah, yeah. And if you, um, specialize, if you like get, let's say, uh, I don't know how many you have to do, but like. Four of the same brand where you decide, decide to specialize all in headshot damage, say, for, like, a scoped weapon. Then you mm-hmm. get, like, a special ultra-powerful perk rather than trying to, like, go down okay. a bunch of trees. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There are also uh, abilities so like, that you unlock, too. Yes, yes. Right? Yes. But that's, not, again, not um, class-based. That's just, like, a collection of right. a bunch of different abilities. You can go in any direction you choose. You won't be able to max, based on what uh, Galt was saying, you, you won't be able to max all those out by the end of the game. There'll even be some that you won't find enough stuff. You won't level up enough in order to even oh, access wow. that stuff unless you're playing through the game multiple times. And a game has like daily and weekly missions where you're like going back through a stage and doing different objectives oh, than weird. the one that is like huh. uh, guided by the story. Um, and there's even like strange things. So like there's no tutorial, right? So the way the game works is that you'll find computers that explain very basic things about how the game functions, <laughs> but oh you need to st- you need to stumble upon them, and it happens in the middle of a co-op mission. So that can't the be whole paused. game is co-op, right? Right. That can't right. be paused. So like it was just it worked fine for me because I was playing single player and I could sit and like read it. But it was like very odd for like the game to like explain how a weapon wheel works, which is to like hold right bumper on a controller pulls up all your weapons. One, what if you don't find that terminal? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, you could pull it up in the options menu. Yeah. yeah like yeah. But two, no, it, totally. but it's like there should why isn't there just like a mandatory like hit single player game. mission? Yeah. We're gonna run you through something that just like right. gets you flashback to BJ right. Blaskowitz like doing that, some that random cuts, mission that's like Or even just like that cutscene, that opening cutscene is BJ and Anya training their kids. Put yes. them through a training course. Yes. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know? Huh. It's it's just it's uh it's odd. Um the the, the 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 daughters are like really charming and I'm so into the world that I am going to like muscle my way through it. I'm curious to like just do the matchmaking thing where like I'm just gonna keep playing on my single player, but then I'm gonna open it up. In. I'm gonna let yeah. people match in with me. Like I I unfortunately my life does not like exist in a world where I'd be able to find the time to like if this game's relatively short, I've heard it's like eight hours if you're doing like the, the story yeah. stuff. Um but um, oh, there's some frustrating stuff that's in like Galt's uh, review. So one of the things the game warns you about is that so you have shared lives between the two sisters, and so like if you go if you get hurt if you like your health hits zero, you go down temporarily, and you can be mm-hmm. revived and get a little bit of health back. Um, you if let's say you uh, don't get revived, then you lose one of the three lives from the health pool or from the live pool. You okay. can there are just these weird boxes that you open and you get an extra life. It's a goofy conceit for a, 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 a series Listen. that like actually has like meaningful things to say about like fascism and like Nazism and its ideology, but then also has like boxes you open and you gain an extra life that your sisters share, which is exactly like that. That distilled is like the t- what I love about the Wolfenstein series for like all its imperfections is like that like the fact that those two tones exist sorry you're gonna say something 
No, I I was going to say it's also a series where you can give a thumbs up or a high five or whatever to your so like throw up the horns <laughs> to yeah, give yeah that, that's like, awesome that's a beautiful oh yeah so heal each perks, other or whatever yeah which I forget what the, the the actual like name they give them in the game but basically like there's a cooldown um for a power where as long as you don't have to look at them you just have to be in the vicinity um, okay. That may have changed from E3. The E3 build, you had to, I think you had to be looking at them. So maybe, I'm glad. Maybe that he, you still do. Okay. Maybe the AI is better at doing it than, than I am. And like the AI is programmed to look at me. And <laughs> oh like yeah, maybe. Pulls it off. But basically like the one, the ones you get at the start of the game are like, you get like 25 health back or 25 armor back or something like that. Yeah. I think um, that's it. And they say like some little quip. Um, and yeah, they throw up the devil horns and it's just, it's good. Um, yeah. there's even an early <laughs> bit where, uh, uh, they, the 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 game um, slight spoiler, but I just want to like, kind of give a sense of like how they characterize the sisters. It also, is that, about the first hour um, of this game, right? Yeah, the, the first f- uh, fifteen minutes um, okay. is uh, they, they. It is implied they have they have mostly lived a life in which, while um, it's like co- sort of unclear, it, it seems like America has like reestablish parts of North America have reestablished itself. Like the FBI exists again and things like this. They have lived in a world where Nazis continue to exist, but not one in which they are constantly under daily threat or have had to, um, go on missions and like kill Nazis. That's not the, they've not grown up in a world where they've had to like go and kill Nazis on a daily basis to like maintain Mm -hmm. their existence. But their parents in, like uh, are obsessed with keeping them trained, prepared because while it may seem like you're safe, like this threat is never actually going away. There are still Um, Nazis out there. Yeah. There are still Nazis out there, which it seems like the game, you know, nodding as it often does to, you know, the the broader world, even if machine games as a studio constantly sort of like, likes to kind of say like, well, we're not really yada, yada, Mm -hmm. yada, even though like the games itself, like betray whatever they say uh, are saying publicly. (laughs) Um, and there's a, there's a sequence where they, 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 the, the, the daughters kill, uh, have their first kill. There's the first Nazi that they kill and it, it freaks them the hell out. Like they don't respond to it. Well, like one of the daughters begins puking, um, and has like this really visceral reaction to like murdering uh, a person, you know, justifiably so, but, but still nonetheless, like it's one thing to like be raised in a household. that's like, fuck Nazis. We kill Nazis. And then to actually like exact violence on, on someone. Um, and so the the way it's framed is, um, one of the sisters, uh, one of the sisters like sneaks up behind, steps on something. The, the, the Nazi turns around. Um, she stabs him with like an ax and it kind of just puts him off guard. Then he starts chasing after her. And then the other sister comes around the corner, fires this pistol, which just explodes the head of course. into just <laughs> a million pieces. Just like, bleh. Um, like they used to call it in the old Doom and Quake games, like jibs. Yeah, like yeah, just yeah. the way like a body like f- falls apart in like an Evil Dead sort of fashion. And um, they just kind of sit there in stunned silence for a moment. And then the sister who pulled the trigger just starts vomiting. And it's just like... <laughs> having just an unbelievable, like, visceral, like, human reaction to doing something that rhetorically seemed like, yeah, they're Nazis, let's just kill them. And then you're still killing a person. And then cuts to the other sister in uh, the same room, stunned silence. She goes, I got his brain in my mouth. And then they just both start cracking up. 
and like <laughs> cut to mission continuing, which is again right, right. Um, gives you a sense how they set up these sisters. Um, which is a long tangent to the last point I'll say about this because I'll have more to say about it when I have uh, more time to, to invest in it. Um, is that uh, so you have these shared lives, right? And so Galt was talking about like a specific sequence towards the end of the game where uh, he would lose those shared lives and then it would set him 15 minutes away from the boss battle that he just lost. Oh, and what? Where he would no. then have to go through a gauntlet of mini bosses again to get to that fight. And it's not like it sends you back and just uh, puts you back at that save. It puts you back with whatever ammo you lost at the end of that fight. What? And so no. you're like, yes. Um, that doesn't make any so that sense. So it's not even as... Right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Uh, so wow. I don't, I don't guy, know how much I. You need the divine pulse. You got to bring the professor yeah. from Fire Emblem <laughs> over. Just go back three steps, dodge those bullets, and you're yeah. fine. You There's know? also weird things like the way the game um, like pulls in some sort of like you know like MMO style, Destiny style uh, elements is like different enemies. There are there's always been armored enemies in Wolfenstein, but. Enemies uh, are specifically weak to certain types of bullets right, or weapons. Right. And so, yeah, you can huh. hit these guys with a shotgun, but really what you should be hitting them with is like an SMG or, or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and the way that's communicated is that their health bars have like, let's uh, like let's say like a full square is one type of armor and then like rectangles are another. And then in the weapon wheel, uh, the weapons are marked that way as well. But what I found happening was like, Okay, so I'd like run up on an enemy that like has that uh like the big the square and it's like then I look down in the bottom right hand corner for like my weapon. It's like, oh it's not square, it's rectangle. I gotta switch to rectangle. So then I'm like running around, the game doesn't pause, and <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> holding right like right bumper, like pulling up the weapon wheel, like scrolling through like which oh. one does like and presumably stuff like that would smooth out as you're get going into the game, getting more yeah. familiar. But also Wolfenstein has always historically been a, a series in which you die very quickly. Um, like you just get, if like an enemy rolls up and you like just choose through like your, your, your armor and health. And so I was dying very quickly in ways that didn't feel satisfying. So it's like, yeah. it's an interesting mashup. I'm glad they've decided to like be experimental in like a side story before they get to like Wolfenstein three proper. And I'll be curious to see whether this was just like, yo, we can put this out in 18 months in between two and three, or mm-hmm. if it's in- indicative of stuff they'll do with the third one. But mm-hmm. I I would exercise some caution for folks that uh, were interested in one and two. They have seemed to have understood either the caution or trepidation where it's like, if someone buys the deluxe edition of this, it comes with a free trial in which oh. your friend can play the game, the whole game, co-op with you, like for free. Um, I think you might have to play with that person that you like, like it's tied to that person's account and game, but you can fully play through young blood with someone else. If you bought like the more expensive deluxe edition, $10 Um, more, $20 more, something like that, something like that. I don't know the exact specifics, which is, it is interesting. Um, and nice on their part, like generous to like, make sure that people like play with clear. It is clearly meant to be AI is a, is, is a, not the way the game is meant to be played. Um, it is meant to be a co-op game. The AI exists just because what if you can't match make? Yeah. What if you don't want to match make? But um, I, as someone that's only played an hour, but in that hour, it is clear. It is meant to be a game where the levels are big, broad, and wants like different players to be doing different things with different skill sets. And that's just not 
really possible when you have to be like a more all-encompassing character um, when you're playing with the, the AI. So I'll more thoughts next week, but as I think, you know, collectively Waypoint has been like Wolfenstein flawed, but really interesting and like gives you a lot to chew on. Um, I don't know if this is <laughs> yeah. that, that one, um, the wait may be on for, for Wolfenstein. Three, Worth noting, so. the deluxe edition is thirty nine ninety nine. This game is also not a full price sixty dollars game. Huh. It's an expansion um, pack. Um, yeah, like it, it is straight up like a throwback. Like season passes, DLC have like taken us away from an old PC era where like you paid like half price for a full game to get like like a zero point five of a game. And Youngblood very much feels like in the the vein in that of, model uh, ex- of old school expansion packs that like you know. Folks like you know, uh, it software were were known for back in the day. It it from playing it for that same like hour that you played it, probably mm-hmm. I played. So I played like the Zeppelin intro and then a little bit of the, the first Zeppelin, mission. and then you fall to, you fall down to the to the ground, and then there's like a town that you're like going through. Yes, yeah, totally that. Yeah. Uh, I played through that stuff. Um, parts of it reminded me of Syndicate, uh, the Starbreeze uh, mm-hmm. cyberpunk shooter uh, adaptation of the old the old. Uh, tactics uh, game um, and I mean there, there's a chance there's even shared heritage between those two games um, because star some Starbreeze people an offshoot yeah. of Starbreeze yeah exactly um, so that makes me curious because I really like the syndicate first person shooter actually um, and so I, uh, I'll i get to it I'm not going to be surprised if this game finds yes. like people that like really fall for it specifically because some, some of what I've read like in Galt's review and, and, and others of like there, he was just like he was describing, I think, a scenario in his review where, um, like his co-op partner had more of like the heavy weaponry and was dealing with like one of the big like, uh, mechanized uh dogs that like breathes yeah. fire. Um, yeah. It's one of the more like kind of mid-boss characters that you'll face in the Wolfenstein series, um, in machine games take on it. Um, whereas like Galt was down in a completely other separate side of the level, like just hugely separated dealing with like the human reinforcements where he was just, he would hide, wait for them to come in and just stealth them. Just like stoop, doop, doop, doop. And so like you have one character dealing with the heavy and then this other character on another side of the map, like hiding away, dealing with the reinforcements. And like, that's cool. Like, like on paper, that sounds really neat. Um, It just may be that, it's so adjacent to what people expect. Like it looks yeah. like a Wolfenstein game. Well, it plays like a Wolfenstein game, but like what it expects of players and the experience it's going for is, is, is pretty different than the, 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 the games that have the two games prior. I really wish we both had the free time to just a way out this. I know that would be the best. Um, <laughs> yes. That, yeah. Also, ideally like that's what we would have done was like yeah. a, in a different world a year ago. We oh, would have just def- like a set year aside ago for sure. a day. Yep. Yeah. We would have just like two days, it. like we're doing a two part stream, just playing through uh, Wolfenstein. Man, you um, remember a way out? Do you, do you remember that yeah. time that dude looked at that plant and said, "Can I eat this?" Oh, you remember that, that game where they well. were like, apparently it's so well, like, and he said, "No shit, Sherlock." <laughs> People should go watch us play through all of a way out because what a like gem! It, that, what a yeah, gem. it's something. I don't think it made it onto my top ten list last year, but maybe that no. was a mistake. <laughs> in my heart, in my it, you know what? It is one of those games that when you the further the more distance I have from it and a right. list like that, yeah, I do realize in retrospect, you know, when I think back to that year, the yeah. experiences I had. Sometimes I overthink the top ten list, and really. A way out was like 
just primed for a number 10 where she's like, look, it had to be on the list because the plant. <laughs> because plant, remember yeah. when we were exploring that house? I do. <laughs> because Man. remember when we were playing baseball? Oh, I forgot about baseball. <laughs> remember the piano rhythm game? Yes. Remember yes. the, oh my God, what is, uh, and I'm so glad that game so well because now uh, uh, Mr. Oscar is his, his he's emboldened. <laughs> What's he he's doing emboldened. now? He he, he said a... this game sold well. I have no restrictions on me. Was basically oh like God. a quote I said, <laughs> which is like yes, oh more, <laughs> keep going, bigger. Did you see that he and David Cage were like interviewing each other at some event? What? That's beautiful. Uh, That's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> it's. Don't world. collaborate though. Don't no, please. Don't taint this thing that we have. It's I'm like not you. far to watch a way out or those oh, games yeah. go in a direction where we go, nah. Like they're skating a knife's edge right now. We're like, it's fine. Stay here. Stay here. <laughs> On that note, we are gonna Stay find here, a way. Stay here, the new game from yeah. the developers. Stay here. Yeah. Uh-huh. God. I thought he did announce something. Did he not? They've just said they're making something else. At E3, okay. they said they have moved on to oh, their right, next right. project. He was like part of the, the that studio, Hazelight Studios, was part of like the EA reel of right. like their sure. partners. Indie or showcase. Indie showcase. EA Originals yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. On that note, we are going to find a way out of this podcast. <laughs> Happy weekend, everybody. I hope you all get a good one. If you're in New York, let me advise you to uh, to go, actually, and do something this weekend. The Game Devs of Color uh, uh, conference is happening this weekend up in Harlem. Uh, you can find out more about that at gamedevsofcolorexpo.com. Uh, um, I think yeah. tickets are uh, sold at the door, but you can also get tickets on an Eventbrite page and you can find more info on that at gamedevsofcolorexpo.com slash tickets um, it is a it is like a really cool event I've gone a couple of years now um, every year it's like really great talks really cool game developers yeah. it's a small event but it's like a really filled event it's an event that has a lot to offer it's very dense yeah you're gonna, you're small gonna but dense. go Kata yeah awesome absolutely. cool I'll see you there hopefully yeah and that is on the 27th, July 27th, the Saturday. If you see us there, say hey. Um, uh, Hi. But, but <laughs> go and enjoy. Um, thank you, as always, to Bo Influence. Use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. And you can find everything we do at twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint.vice.com, facebook.com slash waypointvice, uh -huh. other places. Just type in... <laughs> Vice games on Twitter. Oh Don't my God! Criterion just announced Godzilla: The Showa Era films, 1954 Yo. to 1975. Uh, a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, Whoa. fifteen. What? part fucking collection of like Whoa. a very specific area era in Godzilla? Woo! That's great. Is that like? Is that Those like movies the... are so hard to find in? That's like, like the original era, right? That is like yeah, it's from basically the, like arc arc one yeah, of like uh -huh. of of Godzilla. Like includes like you know weird stuff like King Kong versus Godzilla. It ends with um, uh, Terror of uh, Mechagodzilla, um, but uh, before like Godzilla kind of went on a break before uh, reemerging some years later. But, gotcha. Uh, yeah, the like 
Godzilla uh, franchise is like extremely difficult because of rights issues to mm. collect. Um, huh. And there have been persistent rumors that because Criterion had done like a really beautiful uh, version of Go- Gojira uh, mm-hmm. a number of years back that they yeah. were going to start like f- untangling this and figuring it out. And that is just, well, $179.96. Um, you know, Mara, Mario Maker Mornings was supposed to go to <laughs> Jessica's college Wait, fund. Wait, how much was it? What did you just say to... <laughs> How much? $180. Oh, ballers? It's 15 ballers. movies. 15 ballers. movies. Ballers. Uh, listen, I have, movies. Had, I have had an anime. And you know what? If you order now... If you order now, it's actually $230. Hold on. If you see 15 movies in the theater in New York, New York tickets, by the way, New York tickets. fucking suck. They're they like fucking 17 suck. bucks sometimes. Absolutely. 17 times 15 is 255. 108 is a deal. It's a deal. It's a steal. Half the, twice the price. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for subscribing uh, to Patrick Byers' Godzilla, the Showa era films, 1954 to 1975 oh, to 2019. <laughs> There, anyway, I, I sorry, haven't bought it, <laughs> but listen, no, there is like an $800 Blu-ray anime Oof. that I've almost bought multiple Oof. times, but I'm an what? adult. What is I'm it? Not gonna, it's Legend of Galactic Legend, Heroes. What is Yeah, I was going to say. Legend of Galactic uh, Heroes, which is like an all-time favorite of mine. Uh, is it $800 because it's out of print? And so no, it is $800 because it is only just now back in print, and instead of putting out a like reasonably fucking priced like collection, they only like put 180. Out, oh, 180 is reasonable for 15 totally. movies. Uh, I'll be, be clear. It's a hundred episodes, so it's a lot of discs. Sure, uh, it is. It is a hundred. Sorry, hundred. It's a hundred and it's it's more than a hundred episodes. It's it's because I think there's how a, many discs stuff. are in here. Uh, it's a lot of discs. <laughs> Regardless, the <laughs> only thing, the only way they put it out was in this eight hundred dollar box set Sentai Filmworks put out. Fuck off. Like wow. real talk, five hundred dollars. I probably would have pulled the trigger on just because I love the show so much, yeah. and because it hasn't been in print in the West in years and years and years. Eight hundred um, is round up to a thousand territory. It's a, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Right. God damn. I mean, I think We're it originally. I want to say it was originally more. I want to say it was a thousand when it when, when it was first announced. Um, and I was like, yeah, fuck off, and they've dropped it by. By no, okay, it was always eight hundred. Austin always tweeted. Austin tweeted. Fuck off. They're like, all right, all right, eight hundred dollars, totally. <laughs> so here's the thing: they only made a thousand copies, and each one oh, well, is eight hundred dollars. Right, but to make a version that co- that is Let, less yeah. ridiculous. It thankfully that show is also streaming on high dive right now, so you can just pay like ten bucks a month or whatever to, to watch. This make your own Blu-rays. Eight hundred. Yeah, listen, just get over. Whatever. Happened, don't do this. I'm uh, not advocating. Um, don't put me in jail. Whatever happened? Didn't uh, didn't it? Wasn't it like right after we called out like, wow, you can watch a surprising amount of anime yeah. on Yahoo? It just all disappeared <laughs> from Yahoo. <laughs> yeah, I'm mad about it. I feel. I feel like, like I feel like we're responsible. Up. Someone we noticed should... like a switch that hadn't been flipped. <laughs> Really it wasn't like all ad it. free too. It was all ad free. It was Hulu. It was, <laughs> it was all of Hulu. Hulu. Ad free. It was Hulu anime ad free on what Yahoo because f- of some that weird deal. That whole thing is down now. Yeah, they has gone. Yeah, Yahoo. What yeah. was even the name? But like, what am I supposed to do? I want to share the love. <laughs> yeah, that's all. You know what? Here's what I'm gonna say. It's one thing. It's one thing if I run a news story on our website about it. You know what? That's gonna show up. That's on SEO. People are gonna search it. People got Google alerts. People are like, "Oh wait, you can watch." Okay, fine. When I say something into this microphone, <laughs> this is sacrosanct. This is you and me. Keep listener. it to yourself. Keep it to yourself, or 
to ears you trust. This is I gotta put this back on you. If one of y'all narked out Yo. Yahoo whatever Yo. anime, if one of y'all narked out Yahoo anime, you broke <laughs> the circle of trust. We're, we can't use it by its government name anymore. This is like yeah, someone government shares, name. It's like someone shares like their parents' HBO password, yes, and then you yes. give it to your dirtbag roommate. Your dirtbag roommate, and they start watching the softcore porn on it, and then you got to get a call. <laughs> Screwing up the algorithm. Putting it, it on the, the wish algorithm. list. Putting it on damn. the wish list. You put it on the wish list. <laughs> and why would you put it? Why? My mom looks at that. She called me. She said, Austin, <laughs> why are you watching Silk Stockings? I don't know what you actual like taxi cab confessions. That's fine. That's fine. Taxi cab confessions. Seventy-two. Oh, like, I wanted to say, <laughs> yeah. What was the what was the uh, David Duchovny one? Red Shoe Diaries. That was Red, Showtime. Red though. Shoe Diaries. That was Showtime. <laughs> I know that only because of my deep pr- uh, appreciation of X Men. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, mm. God. Ah. <laughs> uh, I mean X Files. I mean X-Men. yeah. Right. X-Men. Wow. <laughs> Mm, lot, oh, lot, no. of, lot of X's. <laughs> I feel like there. I'm feel like I'm being mm. interrogated by my mother right now. Mm. I mean, all mm. I'm saying is when we say there's a way to watch free anime, you have to keep it to yourself. <laughs> you cannot tell the police. Especially when we're talking about le- it was legal. It was, it was legal. legal. It was yeah. It was legal. It's fine. I'm not talking about going like I'm not saying search torrent sites. I'm not saying go to you know well, I could. I was gonna try to come up with a fake anime, like a legal streaming site, but I'm afraid that whatever words I say will be real. Like they probably, they are. probably will. Yeah. Anime well, you'll, countdown. You'll, whatever you is get, gonna be a real website. Will register. <laughs> and yeah, they'll register it and then forward it. Forward it. Forward it. <laughs> Fuck. Shit. Damn it. Uh, so my point is, <laughs> please trust. Please keep the circle of trust. Please understand that this is a, a space of, of equal, you know, the question bucket is open because we believe that this relationship we have is something special. And we you cannot undermine that relationship by telling the police about Yahoo anime. So please, in the future, just don't put that shit out there. All right. Keep it on your private. You know, don't put it on main. Um, that way we don't shut down more Yahoo anime type things in the future. But Are there any left even? There's gotta be. Somewhere else out there. <laughs> so there's, there's always this is the thing, right? Like there is always you know what it, what you know what it is is like the the thing. <laughs> we have a friend uh <laughs> who was in a chat three weeks ago. Did you did you see this, Patrick, in that one chat we're in? Someone came into it and was like, Yeah, I have Xbox Live Gold through or or Xbox Live Game Pass Ultimate through 2024 now. Because of a weird loophole with the way Whoa. the free thing works, uh-huh. the way that it converts, it converts. I think this deal is done, so uh-huh. I feel like uh-huh. I'm allowed to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. Also, because I trust our listeners not to break the circle of trust. <laughs> where wow. you could you could bulk buy, you can always bulk buy Xbox, like um, whatever live subscriptions uh-huh. uh, for cheaper because you can get like a you know a year long pass. From like an Amazon or a website where it's cheaper than if you bought the year just through through uh, Amazon or through Xbox directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was a special deal that was it would convert any amount of Xbox Live into Xbox Live Game Pass for like a dollar. Uh, and so right. we know someone who bought four or five years of Xbox Live on the cheap and then spent a dollar to convert that all, all that saved time <laughs> yeah. into four or five years of Xbox Damn. Ultimate Game Pass, um, which I'm not 
throwing shade, but I'm saying if I were to bring a deal like that to you through this microphone, through these headphones, listen, keep that deal to yourself. That's for you. No one else even heard it. It was just for you, baby. It was just yours. That's just you and me. So, so go out there on the internet, take advantage of free anime, but, but don't, don't tell, don't tell shareholders. Shareholders (laughs) don't want anything to be free. All right. And you know what? Maybe you're a shareholder. Don't be. <laughs> Sell your shares. Yeah. Get out. Get, Get out. out now. Or be the one who's there and, who's like, and buy us stuff. and buy Austin that and yeah. That box and set. with that money you make, buy me Legend of Galactic <laughs> Heroes premium box set. That's eight hundred dollars, which is too many dollars. Remember when I was wrapping up this podcast thirty minutes ago? Sorry, Full Metal, Metal Alchemist Brotherhood box set is. Uh, Two hundred and fifty. How many episodes is that? Sixty-two. That's not that many episodes. No, no, but it's a it's a very nice box with cool illustrations uh, taken from the manga. Top ten most expensive anime box sets, part four. Oh shit! Part four. Wait, is that does that mean they're getting to the top? Mm. (laughs) What's the most expensive? Part one. What is how (laughs) how many? These are two different websites. I don't, wait, wait I don't a second. Know, this top, I don't know what I don't know what rootshedit.com is, but I don't this doesn't see. I don't are trust these, it. These, are these well the so I did a search for top ten box sets anime expensive. Uh-huh. And part one is on a site called Quadrust, and part four is on a site called Rootshed. Neither of those sound like real websites cool. to me. <laughs> part Rootshed? Rootshed. Different than Quad Rust, two different. Quad. Have we wandered? Where are we? What is this part of the? Are they linked out to each other? Like, if you click on part four, would it say like catch part two and three here over on fucking part at the bottom of? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to click any of these links. I feel what like is, we're getting. What malware. is the answer though? <laughs> I can't tell you. It's impossible to tell you. Part one. Part one has. Numbers 10, 9, and 7. No, 8. What? 10, 9, and 7. 10, Marmalade Boy, Ultimate Scrapbook 3. 9, Cardcaptor Sakura, Cloud Box. Yeah. And 7, Sailor Moon. And then part yeah. 4 of this list has, up top it says, we've covered part 1, part 2, part 3. None of those are links. No, no, no. <laughs> and then, got caught up. All right, then let's look at the most expensive, to my knowledge, anime box set out there. Number eight. Uh-huh. This is where number, number eight, eight is on a different website. <laughs> what? Uh, Meisan Ikoku Volume 8, which is $2,500. Number eight? Number eight. But it's also the most expensive. It just, I think they're like. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Oh, hold on. What the, what is this list? I don't know what this list is. Is this just like best based on quality? I want you to but know. The pool is the 10 that costs the most? I want you to know the other related things. Top 10 most, expanded, uh, most expensive anime box sets part two. Top 10 most expensive anime box sets part three. Top 10 most expensive cars for insurance. What? The world's most yeah, expensive you, cosmetics. You're there on Root, you're, I'm on Rootshed now. Rootshed.com <laughs> I'm on Rootshed. not... Is this an SEO play? What is this? This is this? Is this al- it seems is like this, an SEO play. Is this? We we got suckered in. We got suckered in by Rootshed. I enjoyed this this topic on uh, our oh, this anime. <laughs> From yeah. what's the most expensive anime related thing you've ever bought? Um, first response: Not me, but my parents bought the house that I watch anime in. 
Good. Good. <laughs> Anime House. Anime House, Root Shed, Quad Rust, all my favorite websites. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, on that note, all right. we're all yep. going to go back to our houses sure. where we watch anime. Thanks for joining yep. us this week. <laughs> we'll be back. Is next week weird or is the weird the week after that? The week oh, after where that is It's super weird. Next week's weird because I'm out again from Wednesday through right. Friday. But we will try to record Ava early next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are finishing Evangelion next week. Episodes 25, 26, and end of Ava. All of those are on Netflix. Good luck. Godspeed. <laughs> Peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Uh What? No, just this whole whoops. last. <laughs> just whoops. Just whoops. It's like um, I was just trying to do my normal beat. Just like, oh, here's an extraneous thing I'm going to mention. It's so no, that was good. No, it was fucking that's, good. that's better. No, that was good. <laughs> All right, more of that shit. Just imagine one of those elaborate steins with like a wolf top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>